I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. to the republic for which it stands under God indivisible with liberty and justice for all. coming and it's not going to be pretty. It's great to have storable food, but when that runs out, what are you going to do? Your best defense against the coming apocalypse is to have seeds so you can grow your own food. So I've been looking for various different seeds for the last couple of years and off the bat, almost all seed companies are the same as long as they're non-GMO, heirloom, yada, yada, but it's the following years that really concern me. So I bought a whole bunch of seeds last year. And when you get seeds, there's, there's a lot of seeds in a pack, a whole lot. You're probably not gonna use them all if you have a small garden. So you wanna make sure they last again the following year. So the best company I found for these seeds, is called Survival Essentials. And when you go on their webpage, it says, your best defense against the coming apocalypse. So go to survival-essentials.com, save 10% with promo code DEFIANT and get ready because we're gonna need to eat. And I don't know about y'all, but I don't trust the food in the grocery store anymore. I don't trust it unless I can plant the seed with my own hands and watch it grow with my own eyes and know where it's coming from and feed it to my family. So survival-essentials.com, promo code DEFIANT, saves you 10%. It's time to resist. They can't arrest us all. And they can't keep all your kids home from school. They can't keep every government building closed. We don't have to accept the mandates, lockdowns, and harmful policies of the petty tyrants and feckless bureaucrats. We can simply say no. Not again. The only way to stop these mandates is to refuse to comply. Refuse to show vaccine passports. Refuse to wear a mask. Refuse to stay at home. We will not comply with Fauci. We will not comply with Joe Biden. 
and we will not comply with authoritarian governors. I am not going to comply. This ends now. understand. A figure walking through the mist with a rifle in his hand. His clothes were torn and dirty as he stood there by the bed. He took off his three-cornered hat and speaking low, he said, We fought a revolution to secure your liberty. We wrote the Constitution as a shield from tyranny. For future generations, this legacy we gave to make you the land of the free and home of the brave. The freedoms we secured for you, we thought you'd always keep. But tyrants labor endlessly. While your parents were asleep, now your freedom's gone. Your courage is lost. You're no more than a slave in your land of the free and home of the brave. You buy permits to travel, permits to own a gun, permits to start a business or build a place for one. On land you think you own, you pay your yearly rent. But you don't have a voice in saying how that money's spent. Now your children attend a school that doesn't educate, and your Christian values can't be taught according to the state. You read about your current news in a regulated press and pay more taxes than you owe to that thing called IRS. Your money's no longer made of silver or of gold. You trade your wealth for paper so your life can be controlled. And you pay for crimes that make your nation turn from God in shame. Now you've taken Satan's number and traded in your name. You give your government control to those who could do you harm so they could padlock churches and steal the family farm and keep the nation deep in debt while putting men of faith in jail and then harass your fellow countrymen while your corrupt courts prevail? Your public servants don't uphold the solemnest they've sworn and now your daughters visit doctors so their children won't be born. You send guns and artillery to foreign shore and then you send your youth to slaughter, fighting other people's wars. Could you regain the freedoms for which we fought and died? Or have you lost your courage and your faith to stand with pride? Are there no more values for which you fight to save? Or do you wish your children to live in fear and be a slave? And people of this republic, it's time to rise and take a stand. Defend the Constitution, the supreme law of your land. Preserve your great republic and every God-given right. And let us pray to God to keep that torch of freedom burning bright. Do you hear the people sing, singing the song of angry men? It is the music of a people who will not be slaves again when the beating of...
of your heart echoes the beating of the drums. There is a life about to start when tomorrow comes. Will you join in our crusade? Who will be strong and stand with me? Beyond the barricade, is there a world you long to see? Then join in the fight that will give you the right to be free. Do you hear the people sing, singing the song of angry men? It is a duty all the people do will not be strange again. When the beating of your heart echoes the beating of the drums, there is a light around the sun and the for a militia. God save King George! Broadcasting live and live to Patriot Control of America. You're listening to the Patriot Party Podcast. Now on the show, the chair is against the wall. The muskrat jumps over the berm. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. United we stand, but divided we fall. Evil won't stand a chance, we all know that God's in control. The people of the world are joining head in end Cause all of the tyranny brought us back together yeah. again So united we stand Trying to divide us brought us closer together People that normally never just trying to make the world better Doctors, ball players, scientists, actors, rabbis, preachers, deacons, pastors 
Singers and rappers overcoming all their differences The freedom to live your life regardless what your religion is Masked up the children, shut down your businesses Socially distancing, didn't stop any sickness Start listening to each other, witness what you discover We all sisters and brothers, you do not get another life to live So embrace it, don't waste it Every single struggle that they try to throw at us, we overcame it Freedom, we had to take it Matrix, we had to break it Not the great reset, no, this is the great awakening Holding on to your sanity Won't divide up the family Muslim, Jew, Christianity Let's get back to humanity United we stand But divided we fall Evil won't stand a chance We all know that God's in control All the people of the world Are joining in in the end Cause our love the tyranny Brought us back together Shut down the schools, churches, and temples too Even if we disagree, every day I'm defending you Yeah, it's someone else's problem until it's affecting you All the trillions they send to other countries instead of you Never bend my knee to man, God is who I'm kneeling to All the evil in the world, they trying to deceive the youth They'll never know what it's like just to be me and you It feel good waking up every morning and being true Help each other stay afloat, don't let no one lose hope I don't care your political party or how you vote I want Everyone to be happy with a life full of health I hope you make enough to find generational wealth You just gotta keep walking if you going through health And it doesn't make you weak if you asking for help Don't let them tear us apart over nothing again So let's all join hands cause united we stand United we stand Divided we fall United. Evil won't stand a chance We all know that God's in control Fuckers to another edition of the Patriot Party Podcast. I am the making with me, of course, my much better beloved better half. V Lynn. Hello, Patriots. I know what you're all feeling. Hmm. It it was kind of a shit day today. Just weird. It was weird. It was hot. Very weird. Very hot. Very, very hot. I, I very was hot. After weeding at my mother's yesterday, I, I was in that mode. So I I weeded here. I and uh I weeded the shit out of the fucking front, tore yeah. down a tree or most of a tree. And then I started on the front center bed, which is huge and is full of raspberry brambles, little wild raspberry brambles, wild blackberry brambles. Fuck. And I might as well have not wearing a fucking glove because it just, I, I'm, I've been picking little bramble thorns out of my fingers, the tiny little ones, you know, the ones that go right through the fabric and like, you kind of have to like feel for them and then try and pick them out with your teeth because you can't even see them. Yeah. They're like hairs. 
pretty much. It hurt like shit. Anyway. And, uh, and then I was, I was telling Mick, I was like, cause I was of course chasing the chickens get to go in cause they don't like to go in this early. You know, I put them up early on Tuesday cause the show starts early. And, uh, so I'm chasing them around the yard and I have two little rebels that are always my last ones in, um, uh, and an orange one and a black yeah, they're, one. They're two yes, little shits. They really are. They really are. <laughs> they're always together. They're always the last ones in. And so I'm chasing the two of them around and I stepped on a piece of sawgrass with my right foot and then my left foot came up under it, under it and it literally it just sliced right across the top of my ankle. I was like, holy shit. I keep a bottle of hydrogen peroxide out there. So I just sprayed some of that on there, which made it sting more. <laughs> but <laughs> I was like, man, you could honestly use sawgrass as a form of torture. And then Mick told me something that I really didn't want to hear. Apparently it's been used before, specifically in Vietnam. We'll not talk about that though. Yes. The Vietnamese used to take it to our soldiers, grab the old member, slide the sawgrass in the old member, uh, and then no, pull the no. sawgrass out at a high rate of speed. Yeah. And I managed to totally um, hit myself in the face with a freaking stick today while I was tearing down this tree. So I'm probably going to have a black eye coming up in the next couple of days because it's it's a big old, like, I got myself good right there on the side of my nose. Again. Um. Anyway. They've been letting chickens out. I'm hoping to catch the coyote. Oh. Haven't been letting the chickens out. Yeah. Yeah, Leo. Kill that coyote. Uh -huh. Um. They, they too, hunt primarily about uh, between three and five in the morning. We, uh, I saw... Um, we actually had to slow down on the way home for a raccoon crossing the road at 3.30 this afternoon. That's not good. That was a little disturbing. That's rabbit. I was like, that's it. That, that's a sick coon. Yeah. It's Now it's up in the front, but I was like, Connor's like, oh, it's just out for a walk. I was like, no, it's, no they don't they're nocturnal yeah. if it's out during the day, yeah. except for that freaky one that was always on the island that like didn't know it wasn't, it wasn't rabid because they caught it and tested it. But, um. Like there was that one that was always behind the kids' school, remember? Anyway, but there's this, I've never seen it around here. Um, this random raccoon, and I was I'm not coming around our chickens because I'll shoot it. So damn it. Anyway. Get our chickens. Well, we do have a little bit of housekeeping to go over here quickly yeah. because we do have a guest coming on tonight. Yes, uh, total surprise. They called me this afternoon and I was like, Yeah, I'll send you a book and wink, you know, just whenever she's available. And then like as we started the show, we got a notification that She's coming on tonight. I was like, oh, shit. Okay, cool. I mean, we love her. It's all good. So Lee Dundas will be joining us tonight mm -hmm. at 6 p.m. Hopefully, hopefully she got the notice. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I hope so, because I was like, minute. we got a guest tonight. I'm looking <laughs> at her like, going, we have a guest tonight. She goes, no. What? And I was like, no? right yeah, there. It says we do. And she's like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah, I guess we do. <laughs> yeah. I was like, great, great. Great. Yeah. Great. It's all good though. We lovely. So, um, I mean, I know you guys have seen what's going on down in Hawaii. This is, I know you guys saw, <laughs> I wanted to name this when they hate you. Um, mm -hmm. and not you. I mean, the people I mean, hate they, they Joe hate Biden. You. They despise him. Yeah. There, there is no way. Look, do you know what 49% of the respondents that were asked the question, if they asked, if they voted for Donald Trump in 2017 or 2020? What, in, uh, in Maui? No, no, no. I, I'm just talking in the U.S. Okay. So, so let's, let's think about this logically for one second. When people said that they didn't vote for 
Donald Trump. Why didn't they vote for Donald Trump? Because they had TBS. mean tweets, right? Yeah, they had Trump, mean tweets. Total Trump derangement syndrome. And we had the media that was doing nothing but a full court press on how horrible of a human being he was. And unless you're from New York, you really don't understand the mean tweets. If you're from New York, you probably appreciated them. But actually, most people I think appreciated them. Okay. I don't think anybody gives a shit about the tweeting. I don't think really America fucking cared. That's true. grow up. That's true. You don't like mean tweets? Fuck you. Grow up. You don't like somebody cussing? Fuck you. Grow up. Grab your nuts, become a man. But then we're from New York, so originally. Now we're in the deep south, but. The, but, and then, so all they did was, and 49% of the respondents said did not vote for Donald Trump in 2020. They did vote for him in 2016. 49% of the respondents were asked, are you going to vote for Donald Trump in 2024? 49% of the respondents asked said they would. And the reason they said they would is because somebody's got to fix this place. Because they hate Joe Biden. Just like these people. <sighs> wow, he's finally here. Wow, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, thanks for nothing. Thanks for nothing. Fuck you! 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 Hey, right here! Hey, fuck you, Joe Biden! Fuck you! Fuck you! I tell you what, I I've never been the leader of a city or a mayor or a president or a governor. However, I've been amongst probably some of the best humans in the world. And I got to say, if I walked into work and that's the way my guys treated me, I, I would contemplate quitting and, or like disappearing from the face of the earth, like mm -hmm. quick, fast and a hurry. Like, and yeah, Genesepi, I'm from Queens. Mick is from Brooklyn. No, the Bronx. I'm sorry, the Bronx. My bad. We both moved to, to Connecticut from New York. I grew up on Long Island. That's why I like my coffee. I'm from the boogie down Bronx, anyway. you know, where the shit's real. And we, uh, we hooked up when we were kids in Connecticut. And, but we actually, we both grew up in New York. And then I spent every other weekend in summers down there until my dad died when I was 13. So, yep. Anyway. And then we used to ditch school and go down to the city for like St. Patrick's day and shit. Yep. You know, that and was fun. Go hop on the train with that. What, there was already like three inches of vomit on the floor at six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's because the good Irish were out. That <laughs> exactly. early. And you laugh, you all joke. No, my, uh, my grandfather, he used to tell me, uh, uh, or well, I guess it wasn't my grandfather, it was my dad's uncle. He used to tell me all the time we would get up at the crack of dawn, no shit, especially in the 90s. Uh, we would get up at the crack of dawn, we get our kilts on, we go running down the stairs, we'd be downstairs on the street with my my dad's uncle, and uh, we'd ask him where we're going, and he would sit there and say, We got to go stop the people that are going to protest the parade. And I'm thinking to myself as a kid thinking to myself who protests St. Patrick's day. No, they scheduled the gay pride parade 
in the 90s on St. Patrick's Day, and they would march down Fifth Avenue ahead of the St. Patrick's Day parade. Well, the Irish would not let that happen. We went out there with Bill. I mean, this was like shit out of gangs in New York. People were lining up on the street with billy clubs and all sorts of shit mm -hmm. to beat, a, beat the shit out of these homos and get them the fuck out of there and not fuck up our parade. And then after the parade, we'd all go down to Greenwich Village and hang out with them because they were cool as fuck. Yeah, I mean, they were, but it was the whole point. Like, no, you don't fuck up our parade. It's the only day we get. We don't ask for a month. We ask for one day. It was just funny as shit. Although we do take a month here in Savannah. And they would go, man, it was hysterical. It was like an all-out onslaught. People would just start running. It was hysterical. It was a, it was a riot. Yeah, anyway. They so, never televised that shit either. No, never. No. I always no. thought that they should have televised it and gotten some sponsorship backings, like from Budweiser or somebody. Somebody would have jumped on it. <laughs> Guinness. Guinness would have jumped on that. The morning brawl before the parade. <laughs> no, but a bunch of drunk Irish people out there <laughs> chasing homos around wearing kilts, and they're wearing like it's really weird because you got guys in kilts break, chasing people break, in leather, brawl, like leather strap up. Chaps weird shit <laughs> looking like the fucking ymca you guys know, that was when gay pride was fun yeah that's when it was fun <laughs> all right so they're they're trying to blame maui on climate change right we're, we're, they're trying to they're trying to induce a climate crisis they're it, trying to get joe biden to sign the documents for a climate crisis because that gives the new world order and uh, the basically the big green weenies in NATO authority to come in our country and do a bunch of shit that they're not supposed uh -huh. to do. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be fun. Good luck with that. Um, It'll but, be time to pop some blue helmets. I'm so, just saying. So tell me, so if you're trying to blame something on climate change, why do you show up with 27 gas guzzlers in your fucking motorcade? Seriously. Well, it's, a, it's a federal government. Yeah. I mean, it is because, you know, they, there's no rules for them. All those trucks. So let's count them. One, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-seven vehicles. Wow! Those in this came. Yeah. Uh, no, they, not the planes to fly them there. They rent cars when they get on the island. There's only a. Oh, they bring the no, they bring the beast and, uh, and one other. No, they bring three, three total. Four, okay. Five. Actually, it's like. That's all. Yeah. Hush, hush. So they they only bring you know a few with them. So this one right here. Well, rest. go back, go back, go back, go back to that screen. Just bring up the screen. So I, I'll tell you which one right here. I'll tell you this this one right here in the front bottom right corner. That's Joe's car. That's Joe's car. Yeah, because it's got the presidential flag on the other side. It's got the American flag on that side. That's his car. The one behind him is the duplicate or the lookalike. So he's either in that one or the one right behind him. Mm. Any of the other ones, he's not. Just pull up all that. I'm sorry. Did I say that? Shh. <laughs> Hush your mouth. Okay. You're going to get raided. No shit. Jesus. We'll stick the big ginger cock on them. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. <laughs> enough of ginger cocks. 
Oh, you're just jealous because he gets more. He gets like six times a day. Seriously. So um, this was uh, this was this was Joe's Joe's response. Maybe polygamy is the way because think about it. Yeah, he does get it like six times a day <laughs> from like twenty three different women. Oh yeah. Uh, let me tell you, Opal's getting a little like she's she's that's that's her cock. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's her cock. She is with him all the time. <laughs> Yep. She and the little silky are going to start that are going to have it out here soon. Yep. Anyway. <sighs> okay. Uh, so this was, this was Joe's response to, um, yeah. While he was in Hawaii. Maui. We are a community that relies on family. He's fucking sleeping. On Ohana, whether by blood or by friendship. But like many others, my son's home burned down. My daughter's home burned down. My home burned down. My parents of 59 years home never met before. And yep. Joe was fucking sleeping. He's passed out. Sleeping. Yeah, that's a great, that's a good point there, uh, John or Jason, uh, because you're right. Did you guys hear about that? What's that? The yellow school bus thing that Kamala put her dick beaters all over. What about it? It went bankrupt. No. Yeah, it went bankrupt as of today. They filed no. chapter 13 as of today. Yeah, the, the green weenie school buses is gone. Wow. No big surprise there, right? Anything that, look, anything the federal government, this is what I've realized. Anything the federal government touches that's eco-friendly or green weenie shit, um, it normally goes bankrupt within, within a couple months. Mm -hmm. I mean, it never, it never survives. Okay. Think about it. Think about all the programs that have up and died. Solera, a Salerno or Solyndra. whatever. Solyndra. Yep. Solyndra, the freaking, that went belly up within months yep. of Obama signing off on Solyndra making fucking oh, solar yeah. panels for us. Yep. Come on. That shit never works. So, so here's Joe, um, mocking the Hawaiian people. You guys catch the boots out here? That's hot ground, man. Hello, everybody. What? What was he talking? The boots on the dog? Hold on. Check it out. You guys catch the boots out here? That's hot ground, man. Good job, Joe. You make us look like fucking fools every goddamn day. Every day. Every day. Did you get his little speech? Yes, but Lee's here. Oh, she is. Yes. There she is. She's here. Yes. I am. Can you hear me? Yes. Yep. How you doing? I'm good. Hi How's back there. <laughs> Great to see you. Scooch it in, babe. Good to see you guys as well. <laughs> what you been up to? Oh, you know, living the dream. Um, Banging on the government. You know how it is. Yeah. Fighting the county because they want to try and take our chickens away. And we're not having that. And, you know, what? fun stuff. And where, are, where are you guys again? Remind where me. In, rural Georgia. Yeah, rural Georgia. And they want to <clears throat> zone well, their chickens out or what? It's, uh, it's 
we have two adjacent lots. One is just under an acre. One is two acres. The law says that you have to have more than an acre to have chickens. And when code enforcement drove past and saw the chickens, they just pulled up the address, saw less than an acre, didn't bother to do their due diligence. Because if they're looking at the house, they see this giant plot of land that's all connected and the chickens are on the two acres. It's wow. just stupidity. So whatever. And, you know, that of course, they won't call me back or or anything so they can because they saw our flags out front they wouldn't scared. come talk to us in the first place so <laughs> crazy crazy that's what happened so how you been what's going on i you know i'm fighting the good fight out here in california uh we are uh you know let's see we fought down at the end of last year a second state of emergency that they were trying to put us into with the rsv virus which has a 0.00000047821213 death rate. Um, yep. But, you know, nobody bothers to actually do the math except for me, which is ironic because I hate math and I count on my fingers. But I can, I can use a calculator to do basic arithmetic. And so I showed up at our board meeting and I was like, the hell you say? I'm like, we're not doing this again. We're not, we're, we're not ever locking down because this is America. This is the constitution of America and this is freaking freedom. You're not putting your kids in masks. You're not kicking them out of school and damn right. You're not going to kill our small businesses anymore. And of course they proceeded to just do whatever the hell they wanted. But somebody, I think in England picked up the video on it and this shit went viral on their Twitter and it was in Zimbabwe and New Zealand the next day. And I think, I really do think, and I've said it over and over, but I don't think I'm actually wrong. I think we are the proving ground. Uh, you know, we're the OK Corral for the deep state. And when they decide to try to implement some new rodeo, they do it in Orange County because we're the largest conservative county in California. And they know if they can get it done here, they can get it done anywhere. And um, as goes California, so goes the nation and so goes the world. So and I used to think, oh, maybe I'm wrong about that. And then somebody told me this week, actually, that. A few years ago, they were talking to a couple of mainstream journalists who said, you know, the eyes of the world are on Orange County right now for that very reason. And I thought, well, maybe I wasn't wrong, right? But uh, anyway, they voted in the state of emergency over a completely less deadly than even COVID virus when we were still in our first state of emergency two years later from COVID. And, uh, and then my stuff went viral and they walked it back two weeks later. So luckily... We weren't thrown into the RSV lockdown, but I will say that right after that, we started having the train derailment, you know, chapter of the playbook uh, launched because apparently they tested the water and the wind and decided that we were sort of, you know, they beat the dead horse too much on the on the virus thing. So they were well, going to move on if, to disasters. If, if they're testing it out there, Lee, then they're they're retarded here because they've gone full psycho in Georgia because at Morris Brown College in Atlanta today, they completely locked the whole school back down in masks, social distancing. You have to quarantine if you're sick. And you're not allowed again. to come to school and you have to be tested. And not to mention... There was another theater company or something. Uh, uh, one of the studios. Yeah, one, one of, of the, the studios. Studi yeah. Hollywood studios. They went back to masks. And not only that, we've also heard over here on the East Coast, on the right coast, so to speak, they told us that, oh, by the way, masks and lockdowns are coming back. Yeah, September, October, they're talking about it back, masks back through TSA, back on airplanes, back in government buildings. They want to start lockdowns again. We're here and by November, we're going to be in full lockdown again, like by yeah. Thanksgiving. So, you know, they can announce what they want. The question is, will the people comply? And uh, this this all ends when we just stand up, which is, of course, the name of my new book. But um, 
but I mean, it does. And we all know that. And why more people haven't stood up more quickly, you know, really is the question. But uh, hopefully we won't be as dumb as we are this time as we were last time. Oh, you know what I meant to say. <laughs> anyway. Well, I don't, I, you know, I think the people that took the jab and fell for it the last time have gotten dumber over yeah. time. And, um, dumber or dead. Exactly. Exactly. Which is a sad state of affairs. <sighs> yeah. Or they've completely had a, an entire personality change. I, personally, I think they're possessed by demons, but um, you know, that's just uh, where I'm at now. Cause there's just too much, but dumber. And um, it, you just, you give them fear and they fall down and say, yes, I'll, I'll do whatever. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's very sad. It's why I spend so much of my time educating folks on the Stanley Milgram, you know, experiments and Stanford prison riot and, uh, you know, Germany and the Jews and the fact that all of these playbooks have the same pages. And, you know, every decade or so, somebody rips a page out of the old playbook and goes, this worked really well to bake human beings in ovens. Let's do it again. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it all stops when we become educated and aware and we just stand up and say, yeah, no, we're not doing that. That's crazy. Well, you know, the last time it, it, it's crazy when you look at this too. And this is, this is the part that drives me nuts. Cause if it was just the vaccine and stuff, wouldn't that be, that would be just a self-licking ice cream cone. It would solve its own problem. Our, if you went and got the enough. jab yeah. and you kept getting jabs, eventually you're going to die and that's just going to happen. But yep. it's not just that. There's other crap going on that we all have to deal with. Let's not, a, let's not even talk about the financial situation of our country, but that on top of everything else that they're doing at the same time. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I'm sorry. You can't say that this hasn't been planned and this hasn't been executed to the T. Oh yeah. 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 No, hundred percent. They've, they've planned it out. They're, uh, they're doing what they're doing. They're like, well, we got this far down the field last time. Let's see if we can do it again. And, and, you know, and, and that's the trick is people are like, well, what do you do? I'm like, just don't give up ground. Just say no. You know, exactly. they say you're, you're going to mask, you know, at the kid's school, have a thousand kids show up at school without masks. Right. There's like, you know, 15 teachers, a thousand kids. What are they going to do? You know, do oh, they're gonna, not do not comply. comply. It's yes. just that simple. Just don't comply. And we, out, you know, we being the normal good people, uh, we outnumber the bad people. And if you just don't comply, it's all over. But uh, yeah, if you allow fear to run your life, uh, you end up where we ended up once before. So I, it'll be an interesting scene if they try to do this again to see how much uh, compliance they get. Uh, you know, I think a lot of the folks who were jabbed and haven't died yet have woken up to some degree. Yeah. Um, not all of them, certainly, but a percentage of them. And uh, the other ones won't come out of their house. They're so scared. You know, they're on their eighth vaccine. So they're, they're really non-issues yeah. <laughs> to contend with. But, uh, but yeah. Nick's, it's, Nick's mom it's, finally turned down her eighth shot. Who did? My Nick's, mom. Nick's mom. Are you kidding me? Your no, mother no, had no, seven she's shots. had seven, seven shots. shots. And, she and she's still down. here? Right? Yeah. That's what we said. Yeah. Don't, Lee, don't even get me started. This is the oh fight. That, this is the fight that's been going on in my family since I cannot tell you. All of my brothers, all of my cousins, all of my nephews, everybody's jabbed. The only people in our family that aren't are her and my kids. That's it. Okay, I have a question for you. I know it's your talk show, but but okay, let's let's, let's just you know we got some time here. I'm going to pretend to be the interviewer. You'll be the interviewee. <laughs> How did you end up going your own way? 
coming from an environment that clearly all fought alike, at least on issues like this? Like, what made you decide I'm going to go this direction when you weren't raised in a family like that, apparently? I actually didn't, to be honest with you. I didn't. I went and got the jab because I've been jabbed. You got the first two. I've been jabbed with everything else under the sun. I worked for the U.S. government for over right, 20 years. Is, Trust yeah, me, yeah. they have given me every drug that's out there. And I figured, screw it. I went in that first time. I was just like, let's see what this is all about. We did it. We even talked about it on the show. And I was like, yeah, I got it. Let's see what happens. If I all of a sudden, up, oh, oh, I feel an itch, up, oh, and nope, I'm still here. We're good. That was just God letting me know. Don't do that again. Okay. But no, what, what the difference is, the reason I pushed her, the reason I agreed with her and said, don't do it, is I, I didn't believe in it either. How can you, we, it took years, years for any other vaccine, any other vaccine. You guys have no idea, 10, 20 years. They worked on polio vaccine for over 35 years before the first shot was ever put in a human arm. Yeah. 35 years, and then they put it in a human arm for the first time, and yeah. they found out it didn't work. You know, how can you trust something that was de developed in nine months? That, I'm sorry, I know the government's good, but no, we're not, not that good. No, we're not that good. Yeah. Well, or we good. are, or we are, and, and, the, uh, and the goal was not as stated. It's, <laughs> but, that's but still, it probably took a little longer than nine months to get what they wanted to do done, but yeah. No, it's crazy. Lee, I know the question you were going after. How, why is their mindset so different when I believe one way and everybody else believes another? The problem is we agree on topics. The problem is, is they have yet to disconnect themselves from the mainstream. That's the issue. Got it. They are set in their and ways. They listen to about three total news shows a day. And I know exactly the three they listen to a day because they are so set in their ways. They've been doing it for years. They're not going to change for me. They're not going to change for you. They're going to do their thing. They're going to follow their people and they're going to follow them. I, they're going to follow them right over the cliff. My, my dad still is a, a Rolling Stones fan has been since he was, he still listens to the same eight Rolling Stones records. I know exactly where they are. I know exactly what they are. If I go home, that's one of the records that'll be on his record player. He'll be listening to it. But what really got him to change his view on vaccines, all vaccines entirely. First off, I am allergic to everything synthetic. Right. Um, I'm allergic to all vaccines. I'm actually allergic to the, the stabilizing agent to thimerosal thimerosal and ethyl mercury, right? Deathly allergic. I think everybody's allergic to ethyl mercury. <laughs> well, it's in every vaccine. So they just rebranded thimerosal to ethyl mercury. It's the same damn thing, yeah. but I am deadly allergic to it. So I, it was always a fight. I was like, we can't get the kids vaccinated. We just, we can't do it. They, there was a couple that I, you know, at first, like my mom was like, no, you, they can get these because the allergy runs in our family. And then our oldest son in 2012, Mick took him to get a flu shot. It was this one and only flu shot. And he was sick for four months. He ran 104 degree fever intermittently. He had a febrile seizure. Um, and Mick was like, holy shit. Okay. And uh, But fast forward seven years then, and I didn't even know this until recently, 2019, it rolls around and, you know, Mick had his brain injury and all that. And he doesn't, he didn't always remember a lot of things. We've, we've made significant progress on that, but, um, Mick took the kids to the doctor, uh, for their school physical. And they said, Oh, he needs his, his 
men his menacockle whatever right yeah yeah exactly so he got he got the first one of that and same thing happened he had a seizure he popped 104 degree fever and he was sick for three months and at that point i didn't even i just thought he i thought he got sick i thought he got pneumonia it was like right before school started and i had no idea until now he's a junior in high school he turned 16 and they're like oh he has to get this shot and i pulled his i was like no he's not getting any shots like you're never putting any injections into my kids ever again. Hell no. I don't care if you say it's saline, just no. And I pulled his records and I looked at it and I saw that he got that first shot in 2019. And I was like, did your dad take you to get that shot? He was like, yeah. No, I, when, 2019 <laughs> I was. No, you weren't. You were home. You you retired in 2017. You yeah, took but him I in never. You took him for a school physical and they at at Hunter, at, oh, I, at the military, sure. and they were just like, oh, and you just went along with it. They're like, oh, he needs these shots. And you were like, okay, it's not this one, is it? Because you knew he couldn't have tetanus. Mm -hmm. No, no, it's something to totally different. You know, you're like, oh, it's not the flu or tetanus. Okay. And and that was it. Well, then you saw the result of that, mm -hmm. but you didn't tell me. <laughs> I, I I'm sure he, I told you. I hon. think he made the correlation then, but he didn't want to tell me. And then I made the correlation when I pulled his medical records and I was like, holy shit. And, and you know, now, now we have gone, Lee, understand in the last year, we have gone entirely all natural. I grow all of our food. We source our protein. So I drove to Texas to buy a cow last spring. Um, we have chickens and ducks. So we, you know, we, we have our own eggs. I grow our chicken feed. Um, I mean, I, I walk out to the gardens to pick vegetables for dinner and, you know, and make something and it's phenomenal. Um, and Mick has regained the feeling in his foot that he lost after his brain surgery, that he was gone for 17 years. His memories come back. His blood pressure is regular. His PTSD is completely under control. His mood swings are essentially gone. His anger is back to what it was when he was a kid, which is still Irish, but not nearly as bad as it was. <laughs> sure. Just blame it on the, you know? you're so racist. God. So, um, so going that all natural route, I think has, you know, seeing the difference in our lives, I lost 60 pounds. We've never been healthier. You know, I mean, seeing the difference that it's made in our lives has really turned everything. I mean, we made an entire life change. Yeah. You know, yeah. I quit my job and I'm growing our food. Like I've become a holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, diet is absolutely key, right? My husband and I used to have a stem cell company and we'd see folks my age and up who were bone on bone knees and bone on bone hips and achy, breaky, this and that. And, you know, I mean, they were scheduled for knee replacements or hip replacements. And we were like, yeah, you know, you can go get a low back surgery. They're 25% effective. Three out of four people end up needing another one within a year or two. Or you can try a stem cell shot. It's all natural. It grows your own cartilage back a lot of the time. And people are like, yeah, yeah, I think I'll try that instead of having somebody cut my body apart. And, uh, but it was, and it was phenomenal. But we would also put them on a highly anti-inflammatory diet to really aid the ability of the stem cells to propagate and take root and do good things in their body. And, and we got great results. I mean, I mean, we had people who were scheduled for double knee replacements who could not make it across Costco or target without the little scooter. And they were hiking Machu Picchu a couple months later, like, like just, and that wasn't like, Oh, that one, that one person got a great result. I mean, it was over and over and over, like every day we'd hear these stories and it was a phenomenal, phenomenal thing. But so much of, I think the wins that they had, 
maybe, you know, a lot of it was stem cell, but a lot of the rest of it was, I think, the diet. And yep. we went to Hawaii this summer. Some of the Freedom Fighters invited me over there. My daughter was there, my husband. And, you know, they got the shave ice. And we went to this place and it had organic macadamia nut ice cream. And you know, we were eating shave ice and ice cream like twice a day. And I got back from there. And of course, I was a little like fluffy around the edges after, you know, 80 million calories a day. Um, but I was also just in pain. And then we a week later, we went to go uh, water skiing because we like to water ski out here. And it took me five times to get up behind the boat. You know, my low back hurts so bad, which, you know, you're pulling against the boat. It's you mm -hmm. push it with your legs. It's, it's a lot of pressure on your low back with a many thousand pound boat dragging your big old butt through the water. Uh, my big old butt, I should say everybody else got a smaller butt, but you know, usually you just, you just sort of pop up after you get it out. Well, I couldn't get out what I usually get out because my low back was just, we're done tapping out. And so then you just move to the next set of joints that you compensate with like, Oh, well, I'll just, I'll just take it on the knees and the thighs, you know, but the knees were shot. And then I'm like, well, I'll just muscle it up with, you know, the smallest joints in my body that I haven't worked out. And I don't know how long, like my shoulders and arms couldn't do it. I mean, I, I, it took me five solid passes to get out of the water. And that was a miracle. That last pass, I was just like, I'm going to do this or I'm going to die, you know? And, and then I didn't want to let go. Cause I was like, my gosh, I'm 51, but this might be my last time ever water skiing in this life. So I'm like hanging on and hanging on and hanging on. And I got home and I'd scared myself silly. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go do a cucumber water fast and just alkalinize the heck out of my system. Give my GI tract a break, let myself detox from the food orgy in Hawaii. And, uh, I would say about a day and a half later, I already felt 50% better. Mm -hmm. Three days later, nothing was hurting anymore. I could bend over again. I felt my right knee a little when I'd come up the staircase here, but nothing major. And uh, and now, I mean, I just started eating yesterday after a couple solid weeks of juice fasting. But yeah, I lost some weight. Brain fog went away. And I no longer feel like a 180-year-old with rheumatoid arthritis or some shit. You know, it's just, it's just incredible. We are what we eat. And garbage in, garbage out. And and I don't eat garbage, like I'll eat organic garbage, but I know that I'm allergic, kind of like you, to pretty much every chemical, but I'm allergic to white cane sugar, even if it's organic, and to gluten, and to white potato, and to soy, which is really unfortunate because soy and white potato are what they use to make gluten-free stuff when you can't eat the gluten. So <laughs> really, it just means I can't eat kind of anything that's gluten-free or gluten. But yeah. when I just eat lean meat and veggies and fruits, I'll be darned if my body doesn't feel like, you know, decades younger. And, mm -hmm. and I just, I looked at the difference in the last two weeks, which I intellectually already knew having done this at, in fits and starts over my existence. And I thought if everybody would just turn off the boob tube, wean themselves off their pharma medications and go do what you're doing, eating organic out of your backyard every day and staying away from their individual, you know, food allergies and triggers, I think the population would be so much healthier. I know they would. You know, it's funny that you say that because Mick looked at me yesterday and he goes, how big is your gardens? I said, well, I've got, I mean, really three, four gardens and they're each 20 feet by 20 feet. So I, I maybe have a thousand square feet of gardens total, right? Which isn't a lot, but I grow enough food for all of us to eat plus the dogs, plus the chickens. Wow. And because um, yeah. I do high density planting and electroculture and intercropping and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, and he said, that's what they're scared of. 
That's what they're terrified of. If, if everybody could grow enough food for themselves on a thousand square feet of land for their whole families. Yeah. Even suburban America can do it without having a full farm. Yep, exactly. You can do it in your backyard. You can do it on your patio. Well, it's funny, my business partner and buddy, Jason Cisneros, he does, he's independently wealthy guy, you know, sold all of his business holdings right before COVID hit, doesn't need to work again and, and donates a lot of time and effort and money to, to sex trafficking rescues. But unlike most of the rich donors that just write a check and call it a day, he'll actually go on raids, right? He'll do the, the Tim Ballard thing, the stuff I do, you know, in foreign countries. And he tells a story, they were working in Cuba and uh, they got there. And the pastor that they were working with said, um, oh, no, sorry, the intermediary said of the pastor they were working with, oh, he's in jail for 20 years. And, you know, my buddy Jason was like, why? Like, how did a pastor end up in jail? And he's like, for the chickens. And Jason's like, what? Like, yeah, he had two chickens or four chickens. And I think it was two chickens, 10 years each, two chickens in the backyard. And communists don't want you to control your own ability to eat because then you have independent access to food and to some degree to capital if food becomes the new bartering system, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's not what they want. So they go after you. And I mean, that's I, I, many parts to the communist overthrow that we're in. You know, their goals were to, you know, recognize red China, capture both political parties, infiltrate the schools to use them as transmission belts for communist and socialist agendas, which I think we can agree they've, they've done. But one of the main things that they want to do is they want to make you poor and they want to make you not have any capital. Uh, well, absolutely. Cause they don't consider your money to be yours. You, they consider no, your right. money to the be theirs. theirs. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's their the money. Yeah. Um, Lee, you know, I was listening to uh, Todd calendar on the SGT report today, yesterday and today. Um, I think it was yesterday's show, and and I've he- I've heard him talk about this before. Um, have you? But this this gave a little more detail since you just brought up the whole communist takeover. Um, since they read the communist manif- manifesto into the congressional record in what 1963, uh, ever since then, no one has actually signed an oath of office. Have you heard that they? No. Foying Tom Cal- or Todd Callender and his team, and they kind of they kind of chanced on it by happenstance. Somebody was somebody foyed the the oath of office. I think it started with Lloyd Austin, and they weren't able to provide it. And lit- no one, no one has signed has an actual signed, notarized, dated, proper legal oath of office that's currently serving in our government. Wow. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. Judges, Congress, Senate, the executive branch, everybody. Nobody has one. That's funny. I'm trying to remember when we took, because at lawyers, we take an oath. I think it was verbal. We stood in an auditorium. Hundreds of us raised our hand, and we verbally signed off on agreeing to do it. Yeah, but I was in the military. We we did the same thing. We stood in an auditorium. We all raised a right hand, and at the end yeah. of it, you got a piece of paper mm-hmm. with a notarized seal in it with your signature and the commander's signature who read your oath of enlistment into the military. Interesting. And that's required by law that everybody in the cab, the executive branch, the cabinet, all um, federal judges, and uh, they all have to have a signed, dated, notarized oath of office. Like when they asked for Janet Yellen's, they sent 
uh, by FOIA, they sent back the YouTube video of her swearing in. Nice. Yeah. For instance, like one of the big things is like when a military commander takes over mm -hmm. command, like his first day is spent doing nothing but signing yeah. orders. Cause all you're doing is re-signing all the memorandums and everything else that you have to have your signature block on. And Oh, all of those people that are commanders, you now have to appoint them. You have to sign orders saying that they are the commander of this company, blah, 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 this, that, the other thing. Your first day is spent in an office just signing stuff. Interesting. Yeah, I did not know to, that Todd had chanced <laughs> upon that. And I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. One of the 45 communist goals was to, to you know, discredit Constitution and the Founding Fathers and all associated and with the, the Earth of office. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you know, if, if folks are wondering if we're in the middle of a communist overthrow, it's data points like these that sort of put the nail in the coffin, right? Exactly. I mean, I don't want to point any fingers, but. Yeah. And, and this, if you guys don't think that this has all been planned and that every little aspect, even down to the, the, uh, the transgender push and coming after the kids, everything, yeah. it's, it's all, all a different head of the Hydra. Yep. 100%. All part of the plan. So what's your book about? My book is about my life a little bit. I interwove chapters from my earlier years and earlier career uh, with a lot of the human trafficking work I've been doing for the last 10 years. So in the main, it talks a lot about human trafficking. And then uh, there's a little bit of the freedom fight in there, but I was already pushing 400 pages, but they're very readable pages. My 18-year-old teenage daughter said I had her in stitches in the first chapter. I gave her... I gave her a copy of the book and I said, hey, you know, flip to the acknowledgments at the back. I, I give you a paragraph or a couple paragraphs back there. And she comes out of her manicure appointment. And she goes, um, I said, how was it? You know, what do you think of my acknowledgement of you? She goes, oh, I didn't read that part. I just started at chapter one. And you're really funny, mom. I had no idea. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. The manicures had to tell me to like put the book down. So I wasn't shaking my fingernails when, you know, they were on the armrest. And I was like, Wow. And my mother was there, grandma, and she goes, it's true. And I'm like, all right, well, you know kids. Kid, teenage kids don't ever give their parents praise. Um, and so uh, <laughs> it's certainly unsolicited. So she said it had her laughing and crying and everything in between. It was like James Harriet or Irma Bombeck meets, you know, a human trafficking story. And, and Flynn said the same thing. He called it a tour de force. So I think I sort of... Uh, did what I set out to do. You can't write 32 chapters of just human trafficking or people's heads explode. I mean, they just, they end up going into the, the bathroom after they're done reading it and vomiting because they just want to shoot themselves because they're so depressed. And, and that's, that doesn't, that doesn't achieve the goal. If you, if you educate somebody, but they're so apathetic and overwhelmed and confused and sad and depressed at the end of it, they're not going to go be a fighter or warrior for freedom because they're like crying in their, their soup. Right. So I didn't want to do that. Um, but I also didn't want it to just be some sort of lighthearted memoir about the funny episodes of me running outside the house naked in front of a fencing company at age 14. So I really tried to go back and forth and balance the, the funny, stupid stuff, uh, in my life, um, with, with chapters that, uh, that, sh that, shined a light into the into the human trafficking universe i've been fighting in southeast asia for a decade and and i think we've done that um the feedback i've gotten so far has been uniformly um loving and wonderful and oh my gosh i'm gonna buy five more copies and give them to all my siblings and that kind of a thing so that's in the main what it's about it's it's a lot about the southeast asia sex trafficking world and 
if you can see the photo up there, um, that was, uh, her face is blurred out, but that was one of the girls we worked with that was trapped in the brothels uh, along the Thailand-Malaysia border. And there's other similar, oh, I forgot to silence my phone. Sorry about that. Sorry. There's other similar, um, you know, uh, stories in there that, that elucidate what it's like to be trapped in a brothel as a child. What do you think about The Sound of Freedom? I thought it was a well-done movie. It, it did, I think, what it sought to do, which it set out to do, which was tell the story of what it's like to rescue children from the perspective of the rescuer. I've heard the criticisms. Oh, it didn't consult the survivor voice. Oh, it didn't do this. Oh, it didn't talk about that. Y'all, it's a 90-minute film. You can only do so much. The, the world of trafficking is enormous. You could have done a three-day film and still barely scratched the surface. It never purported to tell the, the, the survivor side of the story what it was like to be the rescued victim. It purported to tell Tim Ballard's story, transitioning out of DHS or ICE or wherever he was ensconced and into the world of private rescuing of children who've gone missing and been sold or trafficked into the into the sex trade. So I thought from that perspective, it did good. And I would say, regardless of your point of view on the film, you cannot deny that there has been a whole lot more talk and uh, awareness of the issue of human trafficking over the last two months than there was at any point that I've been uh, involved in trafficking for the last 10 years. And that is a good thing because you can't fix what you don't know about. So uh, I, you know, I, I take everything with a grain of salt. I figure there's always going to be people who have something negative to say, um, and this is no different. And, you know, you're going up against Hollywood elite who are part and parcel of the problem. So, of course, they're going to try to discredit the movie and go, oh, that's a QAnon thing. That's a right wing. I go, no, it happens. It's the second largest criminal economy. It's $150 billion a year industry and 40 million people, which is basically every single person in California right now are currently enslaved. That's the size of the problem worldwide is you've got 40 million people enslaved. So uh, yeah, that's, that's the deal. And I think it did a fair job of certainly lighting up what it looks like uh, to, to go into these dark places in these foreign countries and try to get kids out. Um, well, speaking of the Hollywood elite, <laughs> yeah, the uh, 800 to a thousand dead children on Maui, or the children in Maui, the missing children in Maui. We're going full conspiracy theory here. You think they were stolen or you think they were sacrificed? Um, well, regardless of what started the Lahaina thing, um, obviously it was one hell of a natural disaster. And I'm sure that there were children who were home and Children are children. They don't self-direct very well sometimes. Um, and the better the family, the less self-directed they are because the parents do the directing. It's probably the mm -hmm. kids who had to clean up after the drunk father at age seven and mom's been missing and they've been feeding and cooking for their three siblings since they were four. Those kids may have gotten out. But when you've got, you know, I heard uh, Bobby Kennedy's interview with Ed Dowd, who lives, of course, on Maui last night. And he said he knew firsthand that people were jumping off the wharves into the water because the heat, it wasn't even the smoke or the fire. The heat was so hot. It was just, it was just uncomfortable. The thing so, that I heard, the thing that I heard today, which disgusted the crap out of me was the fact that at 10, 1030 in the morning, the school system down there in Lahaina sent all the kids home. Yeah. 3000 kids that were in school were all sent home. 
They canceled school for the day, so the kids were home. Well, no, no, no. They didn't cancel it for the day. They They canceled it for the day after the kids had already gone to school, so mom and dad were already at work. Yeah. A lot of these kids were home with grandparents and elderly. By themselves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I have no doubt that kids went missing. I think some succumbed to natural causes from the firsthand reports I've heard. Um, but let's let's be real. I mean, disasters are a perfect storm of variables for human traffickers. I was literally just doing a radio interview right before this one. And they said, what about the 20 to 800,000 missing kids in the Ukraine-Russia conflict? Where do you think they're going? And I'm like, well, you know, Ukraine is saying Russia is taking these kids and putting them under their control. But here's the deal. War, earthquakes, hurricanes, fire, traffickers live in every region of the world. They wait for things to happen, whether they're man-made or natural disasters, <laughs> and they move in. And they take control of kids who are lost, lonely, uh, low self-esteem, without parental guidance, and they convert them to bad ends in many cases. How many have been gone missing? Was it intentional? Was that done to effectuate that? Are they being sent off into God knows where in a green car? I don't know. I'm not there. But I can tell you, having worked in trafficking for 10 years, that there is always a percentage of children that go missing during natural disasters who have not succumbed to the disaster, but have been taken custody of by bad influences. And they typically end up in the drug, the prostitution, the pornography, the trafficking worlds. Yeah. Via Albania, Romania. I mean, I get it. I understand. We're not going to make any accusations, but I mean, Oprah shows up the day after the fire. I don't know. It just seems a little <laughs> weird to me, Lee. I, well, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, who would have thunk? Hollywood elites, right? Into yeah. Who would have yeah, all, all the Hollywood houses survived and everybody else's, you know, when well, they painted their roofs blue, this what? horrid, weird, bright blue. They all painted the roofs of their houses blue. Mm. Yeah. I wonder why you would do that. And, you know, Oprah's houses also uh, escaped harm during the fires here in California. And I heard she'd been buying up land. And of course, you know, there was lots of development that wanted to go in in Lahaina that they couldn't do because it was cute little old town Lahaina. But, you know, now they're going to have to rebuild, aren't they? And and the Mm -hmm. developers are going to have to come in and develop, not be told they can't develop, right? What a difference a day makes. So, yeah, I mean, I think that there's a lot of weird stuff going on there. And I don't think we fully plumbed the depths of all the weirdness that's attendant there. And, um, you know, we know they have uh, energy weapons. I mean, it went mainstream two years ago. Mainstream media was reporting that Dubai was handling their 122 degree heat waves by basically chemtrailing, but they call it geoengineering, cloud seeding, and then shooting little electronic zipper-zabbers into the clouds and, and creating rain. You know, correct. shocker. And that's how and they were taking the education. Microwaves, correct. Hey, when you fill the skies with, uh, Sparky was talking about this last night, when you fill the skies with um, highly flammable metallic Metal. nanoparticles, yeah. <laughs> right? you end up with fire natos. Yeah. And radiating fire. Yeah. yeah. Rain of fire. Yeah. Yeah. And and we well, we see that here. I mean, you go into these California fires and you talk to the firefighters and they're like, This ain't like the firefighters of yes, you know, fires of yesteryear. I mean, these things are just they're just it's it's burning differently, you know, it's exploding differently, you know, and you go up to the top of, you know, 
all of these various mountains, Mount Hood in Oregon and Mount whatever in Washington. And, and there's all this aluminum in the snow. Where? They're at the top of a mountain. How did, you know, 80 million parts per million or whatever it is of aluminum get there? Well, it must have come out of the sky, yep. you know, and, and shocker what it does when the forests are bathed in, you know, metallic nanoparticles and then a fire comes through. Yeah. Weird. Weird. So sad. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you'll have that. It's insane. So, um, so yeah. So, uh, how else is life treating you out in California? <laughs> well, uh, you know, we fought down the RSV emergency at the, be, at the end of last year, beginning of this year. So that was good. Um, you know, it's been, I don't want to say quiet, you know, but relatively quiet. Uh, you know, we had a little hurricane the last two days. Speaking of weird weather <laughs> phenomena. <laughs> you got another one. At the same time. You got another one coming too. We do. I had Yeah, there's people. another one that's down that just formed off the coast of Mexico. Shocker. Yeah, I, I, a hurricane was definitely an overly ambitious, fear pointy type description. We got a little rain consistently yeah. for a day and a half, which is weird in August for Cali, but um, but it wasn't exactly a hurricane. I mean, and people are, I'm sorry, people are just batshit and crazy. Yeah. My husband went to Trader Joe's just for a normal shopping run, not because we were stocking up or anything. And he's like, it was a zoo. And I'm like, really? Like Sprouts was empty. What's going on at Trader Joe's? And he's like, Dude, it was like eight people deep in every aisle and they're buying up like, you know, all the cans of soup and all the propane and the kerosene. And the, I'm like, wow, over the hurricane that's about to use like, yeah. So, Lee, you know, that's, Lee, that's when you go down there, you buy a bag of popcorn, you get yourself a soda, <laughs> you sit there on the curb and you people watch like a son of a gun <laughs> so because it is hysterical. We went, we did it for a snowstorm in Georgia. They were going to get like a quarter of an inch of snow. And we saw people coming out with shopping carts filled to the roof with bread, eggs, and milk. I was like, what are you going to do with all of that? When the power goes out. <laughs> are you going to make a lot of... You're going to make French toast French on your toast for, days? for like a week. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I just... And this is, this is the IQ dear, level. What's wrong with you? People. People are crazy. Oh, my gosh. But... Oh, yeah. yeah, you know, it's 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 pretty weird what goes on. But uh, yeah, so, you know, my daughter, my daughter had a day off from her internship because of the impending hurricane. So we all sat around on Monday and played Monopoly and did stuff that, you know, we don't get snow days here. So we're like, oh, it's a snow day. Like, it's just, it's, <laughs> they, we put jackets on the dogs so they could, you know, not wash away in the backyard. I mean, they were warm. It, it got down to a a, a very chilly, I think, 71 degrees during the, the worst part of the rain. I, I, <laughs> what, what is this, right? But uh, but this is the world we're living in, you know, upside down, opposite crazy Twilight Zone days. So um, I don't know. You know it's bad when you're, when you're jonesing to get back to the sex trafficking fight. And that is literally what my book is about and literally what I've been missing doing for the last few years and what I'm looking very much forward to jumping back into to help balance the crazy because – um, you feel like I, it's not that I don't feel like I'm making a difference in the freedom fight. I know that I am, but, uh, you know, the, the human trafficking stuff was just my first passion and uh, it's a problem that hasn't gone away. It's just gotten worse, oh, the more locked down. Yeah. That we've been. Um, and it's, it's really time to sort of do both instead of just only doing freedom fighting, but we'll see how this next year shakes out. We'll see. 
Because, I, I mean, the real question, is, again, is going to be the border. Uh, obviously, that's going to be another issue that's not going to solve itself till 24 unless something else happens. So that's the other issue that we have is the border that we can't control and our government refuses to control, which is yeah. the biggest hole where most of these kids are being trafficked through. Yeah, I mean, tens of thousands of people are coming over our border in, in the border states, if, if not more daily. And, you know, I was talking to some of the ranchers because uh, I was helping the America Project and the lawyers there file suits against um, for, for, you know, to try to force the federal government to enforce the law that's on the books. There's a specific legal avenue that you can go after them with. The U.S. Supreme Court had already telegraphed where it sat on the issue, which was for once on our side of the fence. So we were like, all right, we know we're going to win at the U.S. Supreme Court in all likelihood. Let's just start teeing up these cases for the for the ranchers who are the plaintiffs because, you know, they're having property damage. They've got all sorts of crazy stuff going on there on their farms and ranches. And I was talking to them and it's amazing. I mean, these coyotes are bringing over women, girls, kids. They're leaving decapitated torsos on their property. I mean, can you imagine owning a ranch that has been in your family for hundreds of years and you can't even let your kids go out and chase pigs along the, along the fence line because they're going to stumble over, you know, a girl who talked back to her coyote and they executed her on your land or she wasn't, she wasn't keeping up. So they just left her to die in the hot Arizona or Texas sun. And the other thing that I thought was really interesting when I was talking to these guys is, you know, there's no enforcement at the border. So they've all got their little rhinos and they've got their own guns and they're basically enforcing their own border because our government isn't. And the cartel is running the border, including encroaching onto the U.S. land. Right. So they're out there. They're all alone. They banded together in these groups to trade information, give alerts when cartels are coming through. But the interesting thing is. They, I guess the government is going so far as to post little water stations on some of their land and, you know, so that if people come over and they're out of water and it's a 120 degree day, they don't expire for lack of water and there's signage on these watering holes. And they said, yeah, the signs are in Chinese and then Spanish and then English. Oh. And I said, come again? And they said, yeah, 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 they're in Chinese and then Spanish, and then English, in mm. order, apparently, of use. So, I mean, we've known for a long time that the open border is a problem in many regards, not least of which is it's not just people from Mexico and South America and Central America coming over our border. There's, I forget where the stats were. I actually looked it up the other day. It was, did I write it down? No, I don't think I wrote it down. Um, 60%, what is it? So, yeah, sixty percent of unaccompanied minors caught by the cartels. I, I mean, it's just it's just crazy. So you've got all of these unaccompanied youth coming over. The majority of them, more than fifty percent, are ending up in traffickers' hands. And I forget if it was like fifteen or twenty percent this this month this year of the people coming over aren't Hispanic. They're from countries like the ones I work in that are controlled by radical Islamic jihads or communists. <laughs> or fascists and they're coming over our border and walking into our country and they're getting bust away from the border now you've got these do-gooder nonprofits who are taking them not just you know into on this side of tijuana they're busing them into temecula and the wine country and into the inland empire out here in riverside county because you can't just let them all descend in san diego right 
And it's a, it's a huge problem. It is just a huge problem. We've got not just an insecurity at the, at the border level for people who want to immigrate illegally for a better life for themselves um, and are doing it in ways that put the youth traveling with them or by themselves at risk of being trafficked. But you have actual Islamic jihadis who are looking to detonate bombs in America, who basically, courtesy of our resident in chief, Senator Biden, has said, hey, here's a welcome sign. Come on in. You don't need to worry about flying into a 9-11 tower. You can just come over the border with all the Hispanic people and bring your suitcase EMP weapon or suitcase nuke with you. With the amount of Chinese people that we've seen coming across the border, I can't help but think that they're just trying to form another army over here, something that will be able to take over everybody at once. Well, I mean, and you see, of course, the Chinese buying up certain areas around military bases. Yeah, mm-hmm. you start you putting those dots together. together. Yeah. What's really going on here? Yeah, you've got a lot of, and Ann Vandersteel, who's traveling with Michael Yan right now along the border down there in the Darien Gap, a lot of these people are... 20 year old strong single men not hispanic yeah okay mm. why are they coming here why are why are they coming across the mexico border border from the mid-east and why what are, are they going to order china and why are we letting them and what are they going to do once they're here exactly right? cisco red dawn yeah yep they're setting yeah. it up They've Agreed. telegraphed through Hollywood for years their evil plans, and now we're like Twilight Zone watching them play out in, in real life. Very scary stuff. That is. You know, I every night I sit here, and this thought runs through my head that in a couple years, maybe, maybe ten years, if if this is uh, if the internet's still a thing and all of this is retained and people are able to look back at it. Um, you know, we sit here talking about everything that's going on and it's so obvious. And I just think of those people, our children, or even us 10 years from now, looking back at these shows and saying, why didn't you do anything? Why didn't you see that it was connected? Like you saw all these little pieces of the puzzle coming together and you just sat there and let it happen. Mm-hmm. When are we going to do something about it? Yeah. Yeah, and, and the irony is the thing that you need to do is not necessarily a heavy lift now. Right now, it's as easy as just saying no, just no. not, you know, just not complying. But if you wait until you're in a FEMA camp. <laughs> yeah, it's a little late. Yeah. Because it's, as I, I told people last night, you know, lockdowns under Trump, they weren't great. Lockdowns under Biden, we've seen they don't give a shit anymore. There's there's no more facade. There's there's no more pussyfooting around like they just they lay it out. And if you don't like it too bad, they don't care. The Constitution is gone. Um, It's it was shredded. They used it for Biden's toilet paper, uh, you know, at the beginning when he said they wiped my butt. Yeah, it was with the Constitution. Um, And, you know, they don't care. Biden Biden's lockdowns. They're not going to be a joke. I mean, I would not be surprised if people show up at your house and ask to see your vaccine card with a freaking needle in their hand or, you know, want to take you to a FEMA camp. Well, you know what? You can take my guns one piece of lead at a time. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Well, and that's I mean, people don't understand, but that's what was happening in 
the Hawaiian Islands. And, you know, I, I went to Kauai a year ago. They had me out. The Freedom Fighter crowd out there did. And uh, we were having a barbecue one night after the little, you know, song and dance I'd done for them. And uh, this this group I was with said, yeah, during during the lockdowns, we had the National Guard out. And I said, you did? I mean, I thought we had a bat in Cali in New York, right? And they go, oh, yeah, yeah. And you couldn't go from, like, KA or Hanalei down the road to, you know, the next town over. Because, you know, like most islands, it's got one perimeter loop around mm -hmm. the island, most of the island, um, without passing a checkpoint. And you had to, and, and they'd stop you and ask for your papers. I'm like, what papers? Like, your license, they'd question you, why are you going, you know, do you, you know, do, are you essential? Like, I, and I was like, really? So they are using these outposts that don't get a lot of, uh, you know, communication and they don't get a lot of airplane and they don't have a lot of media and they're their own little thing out halfway to China in the middle of the Pacific. And that was their trial run. They were guinea pigging on, on these islands and seeing, could they, could they use our own military against us in military style checkpoints and prohibit travel? And yep. they were. And I was yep. like, and y'all just let that happen. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I was so yep. upset. But, um, but I, you know, and I had expected that this might go that way at the beginning. I mean, I was expecting the worst. I work in communist countries. My mother called up. She's like, can you get me a letter saying I'm an essential worker? And given that there, there actually are essential, um, both my mother and mother-in-law were essential. And I said, yes, and keep it on you. And because uh, I just fully expected that they might try these things. But, um, you know, California is really big. And that works to some, in some respects to our advantage, because my guess is like, all right, they're going to close down the five freeway and the 101 and the, you know, all the major ins and outs that go into other states, right? You know, but um, they don't have the manpower with the size of our state to lock down every highway and byway that's not one of the major thoroughfares. And you know, I was born and raised here. My husband was born and raised here. He's ex-military, and we're like. Okay, you'll well, find a way. We'll yeah, find a way. Yeah, yep. you know, we, we know, we know, we, we even know the dirt roads that aren't on the maps, right? And I'm like, well, we, we'll get out, but query where, you know, the, the newbie transplant from New York and their, you know, red two-seater, you know, convertible, if they're going to be able to figure out a way out of the state that doesn't involve the five freeway. But, but, uh, but yeah, the, it never came to pass in Cali. And I always thought, oh, well, I guess I was just you know, being overly dramatic in my own head. And then I found out, no, I wasn't. They were just giving it a trial run in the, in the more controllable regions like Hawaii first. Yeah. I think, uh, COVID 1.0 was a, yeah. a, a dry run a for what's going to happen yeah. this winter. In fact, Mike Adams is predicting yesterday or today. He thinks that, uh, the next pandemic that they're going to release some kind of bioweapon virus, maybe a hemorrhagic fever, <clears throat> um, aerosolized in certain places. I, I mean, which is honestly, now that we've heard about the, uh, the lab in California that the, the security yeah. agent found because the garden hose sticking out the back where they had genetically engineered mice designed to catch and carry COVID uh, makes you wonder like how it all of a sudden popped up in Seattle and New York. My best friend worked in Seattle when COVID went down and she said she worked in a hospital. She said every single person that went into the hospital with COVID went out in a body bag. Every single person that went into the hospital with COVID at the beginning died in the hospital. I was oh, like, well, yeah. you know, they killed them. She's like, yeah, I know. Um, but it, 
they're the new ovens of Auschwitz. I told people, I used to say prior to, to COVID, like, oh, you know, yeah, I, I, I'm married to a chiropractor, right? Like we don't, we don't even have Tylenol in the house, right? I'm like, yeah, I guess I would take Mick my asked me for doctor. some aspirin the other day. I'm sorry, Leah, but Mick asked me for some aspirin the other day and I laughed at him. I was like, I'll make you some marigold tea. Right, right. That's how we roll too. You yeah. Know? My daughter's friends come over like, oh, I have such bad period cramps. Do you have a Tylenol? I'm like, I'll get you a chiropractic adjustment, but no, you don't have Tylenol. Like, you don't have to go <laughs> Try to the some forage leaf that works yeah, really well for that. Yeah, I just, <laughs> But anywho, so there we are. And I used to say things like, oh, you know, if my kid's arm were ripped off in a threshing machine accident, which probably wouldn't happen because we're not farmers, <laughs> I'd pick up the remainder and the stump and grab her and we'd go to the hospital. And that's when, you know, traumatic injury, right? That's surgery, carpentry, right? For the body. That's when Western medicine shines. I'd go to the nearest hospital and say, there's a time and a place, sew her arm back on and, you know, hit her, hit her with an antibiotic shot. After COVID? I, no, you could rip my arm off in a threshing machine accident and I would take my ass to the nearest vet with a lot of cash and say, give it your best. And if I die, no hard feelings, because you know what? Same skill set. And the vets are not being monetarily incentivized to kill you. So I would say my odds are as good with a vet who knows basic anatomy and suturing as with the guy in the hospital who's, you know, getting a half mil per to kill any person who walks in that they can slap a COVID diagnosis on. Yeah. So yeah, I, I do not, I do not trust mainstream medical further than I can throw them. Not for anything, not nope. for anything. Nope. Me neither. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed, Lee. So when does your book go on sale? Where's so it, it is, Where's it out it is already? on sale now and I'm trying to get everybody to buy it this week. Cause as I understand it, if you sell a whole bunch in a week, then Amazon goes, Oh, they're a bestseller. And then you can say things like I'm an Amazon bestselling author in front of your name. Not that I really care about that, but it would be cool. <laughs> and, um, so yeah, so it is on sale right now. You can find it at leedundas.com. You can also find it on my nonprofit website, which is freedomfighternation.org. Again, we're a nation of freedom fighters, so that's what I named my nonprofit, freedomfighternation.org. Uh, both of those have little pop-ups that pop up when you first go there that say, click here if you want to buy the book. Um, and you can just search it out on Amazon. It would be great if you bought it through my mother-in-law who did the printing um, as my publisher. That's her day job. She's a publisher. Um, because That's I awesome. actually, I, yeah, I actually make money on it that way, where if you buy it on Amazon, the authors don't really make any money. But either way, I can't go wrong. Either I'll make a little money and be able to feed my child and stay in the freedom fight and use the money to fight the next round of lockdowns that's coming our way this fall. Or you'll buy it on Amazon and help push me into Amazon bestseller status and I'll make negative money on it. But either way, totally fine by me. Um, but I would love for you to get the book uh, if you're flirting with it. I have a whole section in the middle that has color photos of real life brothel stuff. So um, that's the town that I that, that I work in. Um, 330 bombs went off the first year I worked there because the radical jihadis were bombing the brothels as, you know, practice, target practice. So there's just a lot of stuff in there that you don't really normally see, you know, in, in most books. And my mother-in-law hated me because um, to get a, a, a like 20 page color section in the middle, like drives the cost up by double and it's yeah. a little because they have to, you know, print this part, they print it in three parts, the, the black and white, then the color, then the black and white, and then they have to glue it all together. It's not as easily as just sending the whole thing through the printing press if it's, if it's you know, one big black and white text thing. But that's Maybe actually- different paper too, right, for the color? 
Is yeah, I use it's different paper, heavier weight paper. And then, I don't know if you can see mm -hmm. that, but that's that right there is an actual picture I took on my cell phone of the back room of a child brothel in Southeast Asia where I work. And those are teddy bears you see around the pellets that the girls sleep on and do whatnot on on the floor. Um, and it's just it's just a lot of I really wanted to take the reader there. And a picture is worth a thousand words. It, it just always is. And the more people can actually relate and understand the nature of what goes on in these regions, the more they're going to be inspired to help, the more they're going to be inspired to educate their own children to stay away from things that smack of trafficking, uh, that, you know, fall into, into trafficking traps in their own high schools. Um, and that, you know, it's so much easier. Talk about there's never been a more true saying than an ounce of prevention worth a pound of cure than that saying in this setting. You yeah. don't want to be rescuing a girl after she's in the life. You want to get to her before she's drafted into the life. And the ticket to doing that is educating parents and church groups and everybody else in society so they can chatter about it when they're in line at Bonds or Albertsons or the, the PTA meeting or at their you know, church meeting or whatever it might be. And the more people know about it, the less it's going to happen because they're going to be spotting it and reporting it and keeping their own kids safe. And that's really what the book is designed to do. And, uh, you know, Flynn called it a tour de force and he called me a Joan of Arc and those were very high praise words. But um, I, I don't, I don't necessarily think they were warranted per se, but I don't think that they were unwarranted because it does take a high level of sort of military level of confront to walk into a place like this and try to do good. And um, not everybody is wired to do that. You know, I had a kind of interesting childhood. I had one great parent and I had one parent who was not so great. And uh, I, I thank God for that now because I grew up understanding that just because somebody in position of authority over you says it's true doesn't make it so. Just because they say to do X doesn't mean you should. Just because you're a kid doesn't mean you should not stand up for what's wrong, not stand up in the face of injustice. And so I was wired, like many people who self-select into the military or other high adrenaline junkie type sports and, and, and careers, I was wired to like that adrenaline high because that's all I knew growing up. But a lot of people just grew up with normal families and they're like, dude, you couldn't pay me to go to a brothel town. Like you could offer me a million dollars and I would not want to roll into that brothel town he goes to with her Navy SEALs. Like, thank you, hard pass. And I get it. And you don't need to. But the book can allow you to go there safely and it can take the lessons that you learn by going there in person and convey them to you without having to go there in person so you can make use of those lessons in your own life to better your own existence and your kids' existences. And they're transferable skill sets. They're transferable skill sets. Learning to see the communist writing on the wall, that's something we can all learn to do whether we've been there or just read about it. Uh, you know, learning to stand up against, you know, abuses of power. You can do it with your kids' school or you can do it in Southeast Asia against the government and the brothels. Um, but these are all at root the same set of steps. You see something that doesn't look right, you direct all of your attention to it. You learn about it. You get your arms around it and you learn more about it than you know about your own damn self. And then you figure out if it's good or bad. And then you do a gut check. Make sure your, your, what your brain is taking in is, is, is checking out at a gut level. And if there's a disconnect, believe your gut, not your left brain. 
And at the end of that, if it's a bad plan that you're seeing, a bad thing going on, if it's an injustice of any type, MLK Jr. said injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere, whether it's a little bit or a big thing, you, you figure out who's who's in charge of it. There's going to be a ringleader or two. Yeah, there might be a board of five or six people. They're not all pushing hard. There's one a-hole on that board. You get his name. You go to your friends who can do Google research or a private eye who's retired and is a freedom fighter. And you say, tell me everything there is to know about this guy. And then you put it on blast and you do a name and shame program. Half the time, you don't need to get your bayonets and guns out. You don't even need to go to court. You just start telling people, hey, did you know that the health officer was a opium writing whore before she got into this position? She handed out suboxone prescriptions to methadone addicts at her mommy's, you know, suboxone you know, facility in Utah. And people go, really? That's who our board of supervisors put in charge of our public health? They retire. They run away because they don't want their crimes known or their, or their dark skeletons in their closet known. And it's just that easy. I mean, the first, one of the first things I learned when we were doing sex trafficking work in 2013 is St. Petersburg, Florida. Did I already tell your listeners this story? Uh-huh. It's fascinating. So St. Petersburg, Florida was having a big issue with sex trafficking, I don't know, like 12 years ago. And uh, they decided they had a brilliant idea and they decided they were going to bust the guys who were soliciting underage women and and prostitutes. And then they were going to take their name and their face and they were going to put it on billboards all over St. Petersburg, Florida with what they'd been charged with. And then they went one step further because if you really, really want to have the rubber meet the road, you get the wives involved. So the health department wrote a Dear Mrs. John letter to the John, to the pedophile that they busted, that said, Dear Mrs. John, you probably don't know this, but your husband was picked up on the wrong side of town on Saturday night for soliciting an underage minor for sexual purposes and is now going to be prosecuted. Given same, you might want to direct yourself to the nearest public health clinic to get yourself tested for AIDS, chlamydia, gonorrhea, (laughs) syphilis, and all the other ones so that you don't die. Sincerely, your local friendly health officer. (laughs) And over freaking night, you guys, over freaking night, the stat on sex trafficking in St. Petersburg, Florida dropped 24 point something percent from that name and shame program. From that one name and shame program. That's the original excommunication program that the church used. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they used it for a reason because it works. Yeah, it works. You know, that's what we, that's all I've done for the last few years. I've been like, oh, you're going to put us in mass? Well, I'm going to find out the health officer's name. I'm going to name and shame her. She resigned and they never reenacted another mask mandate in Orange County. We were the first ones hit, first ones to get rid of it, and then never came back, knock wood. And then same thing with the vaccine passports. I named them and shamed them. I'm like, you won't need a Warsaw ghetto. I won't be able to leave my house. Nobody will service me. And no, we're not going to do this. And unlike you, I'll call this what it is. This is a Nazi plan and you're the damn new Fourth Reich if you implement it. And they're like, oh, that Lee Dundas. We're just going to have our friends at LA Times do another hit piece on her and call her a Nazi for calling us Nazis. Uh, that didn't work very well. So unlike so many lawyers who just keep doing the same thing, whether or not it works, oh, I filed another lawsuit and that bought off communist court didn't go in my favor, but I'm just going to keep doing it because that's all I know how to do. I'm like, well, hell's bells. That didn't work real well. All right. I'm going to get, you know, a, a concentration camp survivor to say the same thing. And we made a TV commercial. We ran it on CNN and Fox and MSNBC. And we named and shamed our damn board. I put their phone numbers up on the bottom banner. And I told everybody, I said, come to our next board meeting. I don't care if you live in Mississippi. 
You know, I don't care if you live in LA County, not Orange County. We have people there from freaking Arizona, Idaho, San Francisco, Texas. We had 2,000 some odd people show up at our board meeting. That board was done before they started. They came out midway through the day. They cut off signups for the agenda item, for the vaccine passport agenda item at 735 people. I went around with my little board and I'm like, there's another agenda item that's the catch-all category at the end of the day. So if they keep you won't they, they don't let you sign up for this one, sign up for the last one at the end of the day. We're gonna keep them here all night. That's the thing they hate. I used to be counsel for the city of West Covina. The last thing I wanted was a, a city board meeting that went until 4 a.m. Trust me, I've been there. They came out halfway through the day. Orange County didn't have half the balls that the city of West Covina did. Came out at like one in the afternoon. And the Vietnamese chairman, who's a lawyer, who's married to an OC County judge, who's also Vietnamese, allegedly a Republican, came out and said, oh, we can no longer afford this type of disruption to democracy. Like, you asswipe? This isn't a disruption to democracy. This is democracy, but I can't expect you to know it because you spent the first 10 years of your life in Vietnam, a communist country, and clearly you never learned all there was to know about democracy once you got here. But yeah, they, they rolled it back. I haven't filed a single damn lawsuit and I'm not here to cast shade on CHD and AFLDS and Perk and all the other ones that I've helped here and there along the way. They're doing what they do. But I am here to tell you that if you continue to do that, which isn't working, 99% ineffective right now, as far as I can tell lawsuits in blue states, you are going to not just sell your kids' lives down river. We're not going to see another, another decade. You won't be alive. You're going to be six feet under, pushing up daisies, just like the Cambodian genocide victims and the Jews in, in Auschwitz and Buchenwald. So we need to do better. We need to start looking at what is working. You need to start not just donating. I know so many of your listeners are big donors. They donate their time. They donate their resources. They donate their skills. Oh, I'll do the taxes. I'll do the graphic design for this entity, that entity. You're doing good on the first half of the equation. You're giving time and money to the freedom fight. Yay. Keep it up. And I'm not being sarcastic. I mean, yay, when I say yay. But there's a second half of that equation you must do. And that is this. You have to do the math. You have to do the math. Last week, last month, last year, and then go to yourself. Self, I gave 10 bucks, $10,000, $10 million to this nonprofit. Did they go buy 40 grand of drapes and carpet in their new mansion in Florida? Did they buy themselves a new yacht, a new helicopter? Or hey, did they even file 15 lawsuits in a blue state? that Lee Dennis knew weren't going to work before they ever got out of the gate. And sure enough, they didn't work. Even though they didn't waste their money, they spent it, but they spent it not wisely. You have a duty to ride herd on what you have given and ask yourself if it hit the market. The product is not that you fired the damn weapon in war. It's that you hit the enemy. Okay. Is you have to hit the enemy or you're not advancing the cause. And if you're not going to actually fire a real weapon, since this is a fifth gen war, it's an informational war, not a bomb going off kinetic war, you have a duty to go do that math. You would never come home from the grocery store and go, oh, hell, man, I didn't check my carton eggs before when I was in the store, but look, they're all broken and just let it go. Or just drive off the new car lot after paying 40 or 50 or 60 grand for a new car and go, oh, yeah, the AC's not working a mile after I drove it off the lot. It's 123 degrees in Vegas in August. I'm just going to let it go. No, this is the Bud Light hating target disavowing crowd that I am talking to right now. I know you don't let that shit go. That's why we like you. That's why we're all birds of a feather and we found our little tribe of black sheep. But here's the thing. If you don't let it go there, why the hell would you let it go here? 
This ain't a carton of eggs or a car we're talking about. It's not your marketer for your mortgage company coming back with 10 homeless guys numbers that don't mean jack shit and you're still continuing to pay him on a W-2 even though he's not getting you convertible leads of people who own houses and can refi houses. This is ever more important. This is your child's life that is on the line. You have a duty not just to give something to this fight every damn day, but to make sure that what you gave yesterday hit its target. And if it didn't, fucking recalibrate already. And I'm not here to say you have to give money to my nonprofit. If you want to, I won't say no. I haven't made a damn dime in three and a half years, nor has my husband. Because I started working my ass off and like every drowning person, I grabbed my arms around his neck and was like, hey, let's drown both of us. My last paycheck was March 14th of 2020. How many people do you know who could live for three and a half years with no incoming pay? That's what we have done. Nobody pays me to go to Clay Clark stage. Nobody pays me to go on these podcasts. Nobody pays me to do any of the work I've done to make a TV ad to get rid of vaccine passports. Nobody paid me to do any of that. And I'm not here to say, oh, woe is me. I was working so hard. I didn't have time to fundraise. But I am here to tell you that unlike the lawsuits that I knew from the get were never going to work. You don't fight communism with a lawsuit. At no point did you go to history class and have your history professor in college or high school go, now class, turn to page 138 and find out how one really bright lawyer filed a lawsuit to get us out of World War II or Vietnam or the Spanish-American War. Said no history buff ever because you don't fight war with a lawsuit or legislation. We are at war right now. You fight war with things that work. Quit reinventing the wheel. I can tell you what works. TV ads work. Grassroots initiatives work. Convoys work. Nationwide walkouts work. Every damn thing I have done, I've done one of these initiatives almost every month for 36 months, has been a 100% hitter. And yet when LA County called and said, we're getting targeted with passports too, what do we do? I said, here is the commercial I just had Vera Sharab and myself do. Go use it. But I don't have time to raise a quarter million dollars for you like I did from Orange County. So you raise the money and go and I'll go put it on CNN for you. Instead, they raised 10 grand, had a rally at Santa Monica. Bobby, Simone, and I were supposed to talk. It was ended up being just me. Thank you very much. Antifa was there. They had just gutted some guy and disemboweled him on the courthouse steps the week prior. There I was with some security that they spent the money on. And guess what? LA County has a vaccine passport and Orange County doesn't. You got to do what works, folks. It's the definition of insanity to do otherwise. And you're killing your kid. You may as well just slit their throat now to do stuff that doesn't work in this fight. And I hate to break it to you like that, but that's what you need to actually think with. Am I giving money to somebody that is doing nothing? Because I may as well be holding a gun to my own child's head if that's what I'm doing. We need to do better. We've got a good start under our belt, but we need to do better. And my nonprofit is freedomfighternation.org. And yes, I'm taking donations. But if you want to get something for your donation, buy the darn book instead. And then you get to read and learn and make a donation. <laughs> awesome. All right. Excellent. Well, we appreciate it, Lee. Thanks yeah. for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. And I'm actually going to hit you up here soon um, and uh, give you some information about our nonprofit that we just started. My best friend and I, it's called Mama H's Farm for a Better Tomorrow. We are... Um, we are trying to build a bioregenerative farm to help survivors of abuse. Uh, Women, children, families, all the animals. Um, And uh, so we're, we're... 
we're trying to get some funds together to do an event here in hopefully this this fall or this winter. Um, we've got some people that have already given donations and you know in kind donations that kind of thing. So, yeah. we're, so we're looking for land. So anyway, nice. um, I'll send. Let you me know. Let me know when the big the big event is, and I'll uh, try to make my way down to wherever you're holding it because that's awesome. really near and dear to my heart. Yeah, and uh, that is the. I mean these these folks who've been through the ringer. They need good food. They get need good support, and the animal can piece of that. You know if they're able to pet animals and love on the animals, it's such a path way for them to open up and start feeling and and emoting again i mean it's just full circle it sounds like what you're doing and i i give you many props and praise for it and keep me in the loop on that i will absolutely yeah. we're as my mom said uh heather and i have have always been trying to save the world our whole lives and i was like <laughs> well um that's kind of our job now so <laughs> right full time these days that's where we're at all right yeah well, thank you so much, Lee. Oh my gosh. Thanks for having me, you guys. You're oh, always yeah. so amazing. I wish you well. I'll see you at the next big event. And uh, and uh, yeah, keep keep the keep the chickens alive until the, until I get down yeah. there. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Thanks, take care. Have yeah, a great bye. one. Bye. Okay. All right. Yeah, I get it. That's <clears throat> okay. There we go. <clears throat> awesome. That is the uh, tough. It's all good. You know, you you know, she only mentioned it once. Yeah, I know. She knows. She knows, she knows the she rules. Knows she feel. knows. She knows our rules, dude. Yeah, yeah, we know. We know what she does. We've we, made it very we, clear. We, we we've known her though probably the longest out of everybody. Yeah. And um, we knew her before we knew Clay. So let's just put it that way. Yep. And then when we found out that Clay was a show, we told her that. We said, "Look, that's cool." You want to come on here? I wouldn't bring up Clay's name because you're going to get trashed. Yeah, true that. Because our people don't fuck around with that faggot. <laughs> That's okay. But we love Lee, so. And she does good shit. She was one of the first that went up to uh, Canada for the, the truckers rally. Yeah. She was one of the first Americans that went up there trying to get Americans involved in the well, truckers rally. Well, and they wouldn't let her over the border. Yep. So she sat on the, the U.S.-Canadian border because she wasn't jabbed. So they wouldn't let her over the border into Canada. Um, but uh, she was up there and and followed the the trucker convoy um down the west coast yep. as they were doing it up in canada so that's pretty sweet so um she does a lot of good work she does she you does. know she's not i'm glad she's going back to the child shit yeah absolutely because she started out with that and that's where she should have been i thought i don't think she should have ever left but yeah she was working with two of uh ballard's groups um that were doing the big shit and i yeah. i told her too because it's like, hey, next time you go over to Thailand, you need security, you need to give me a call. I know a lot of people that do private security over there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because I know the guys that you want to know, not the other guys, not the shitheads. And honest, we're not fans of attorneys either, but every once in a while they do come in handy. So when Mick was having, um, now, as we told her, you know, Mick got the jab, he got the first two, but some of his guys when he was at the firehouse didn't want it. And, yeah. uh, and we called Lee. They were talking about suing. Well, they were talking about making all the firefighters get it. And yep. and we called Lee and asked for advice and said, what do we do? And <laughs> she sent us a whole bunch of information and paperwork. And and basically, you know, they they took her advice. They all went into the lieutenant's office and they were like, um, no, no. If you force us to get this jab, we will all quit. And then your entire fire company will get shut down because you're required by law to maintain a certain number of firefighters per shift. If we all quit, you're out of job. 
you don't have volunteers to cover this. There's not enough. You got nope. nothing. So uh, at, we did that on Lee's advice and it worked. It worked. And it didn't require a lawsuit or lawfare or anything bullshit like that. She was like, she said, do this. Now, now understand, right. understand. Works. I don't know where these people are getting off saying, oh, we're at war. No, we're not at war. We're not at war. War is one thing. War is, look, bullets are flying and people are dying. There's no war going on right now. There might be this information war. Sure, fine, whatever. There are people fighting each other with words. That's stupid. That's like, it's just dumb. Leo, I, you did good. I, I don't, I disagree with that part. I, I disagree. We're not at war yet. We might be in a battle of information. That's what we're really in. We're in a battle of information, trying to get information out, trying to get the truth out, really. I think I've never thought that. cultural war leading up to uh, a kinetic war. I don't even think that either. I, I don't think there's anything culture about it. I, I think this has all been pre-plotted, pre-programmed, pre-set forth to divide and conquer. And, you know, she brought up a really good point. The signs down there in Texas. The first one on the tops is, is in Chinese writing. Come on, folks. What the fuck is Siri? Put when, up by the U.S. government. When was the last time we had a Chinese linguist that went down and actually fucking translated what was said on those signs? Yeah. When was the last time somebody went down there and translated those signs? What do you think that sign says? Chinese military age males this way. Here's your check. This is location. a military invasion. They put up signs. They walk in backwards and say they're leaving. That's how you invade a country. Now we've got so many Chinese people here who probably have already made it to their rendezvous point. They're getting their weapons now. They're getting their uniforms and all their equipment. And next thing you know, we're going to see them bouncing around the streets in military vehicles. This is, but don't worry about it. We'll let it just happen, I guess. I mean, somebody else will come and save us. It's not a big deal. What are you doing, baby? Um, Tracy is talking about or uh, a new resource base for American products. She said she's scheduled on a Zoom meeting with them. Oh, Patriot Switch. Yes, Tracy. I looked into Patriot Switch at the very beginning or when they first came out. They actually reached out to us to, um, to ask us to support their stuff. Remember, it was the Amway thing. They're not Amway, but oh, it, it was yeah. very, it was very much like Amway. Yeah. And when I started digging into the research, it sounded good off the bat. But when I started doing the research and and kind of digging into the back end, I I found that a it's almost impossible to cancel. Like it's it's like Amway. It really is like Amway. Um, and uh, and let's just say that the the reality doesn't necessarily match the hype. So it's a pyramid scheme. It's a pyramid scheme. It's a hundred percent. It's, it's a pyramid scheme at the top. There's one person. It always goes back to one person. Think about it. You, what you're going to hear is they're going to sit there and they're going to tell you this, this is their sales pitch. How many people do you know? Okay. Well, you know, 44 people, let's say six of your 44 people that, you know, actually buy into this program. How many people do they know? Yep. And then they're going to say, well, let's say that three of each one of their six all buy into the program. How many people have you reached now? I, yes, I think it's multi-level marketing. We That's had the lady exactly on here, what it actually. is. We had the lady on here. Yeah, and I think we yeah. said, no, we're and never we bringing like, you no, back on. This is that. a fucking nope. sham. Yep. So, um, but I, honestly, Tracy, do you know, I, I 
do the Zoom call, see what you think. Maybe it's changed. Maybe you'll get a different vibe from it. That was just our experience. And, you know, we're not trying to influence you in any way, shape or form, except they suck. So, well, I mean, and maybe it <laughs> is different. And if you come back and you tell us something different then I, I'll, Hey, I'll listen to you. Yeah. I'm not going to listen to them. I just know the last time that's what I heard. And I was just like, okay, this is Amway all over again. And we, we did Amway for a while and we, we know exactly how that works. Yeah. So. It is a gigantic pyramid. My dad got Nick into Amway. Actually, that's how he was able to follow up with me for so long. So not really. I said, fuck that shit. I hated Amway. I thought Amway was the dumbest thing in the world. You kept trying to sell it on me like it was you the best You kept thing. going to meetings with my dad well after I stopped. Yeah, I know. I was just like, this thing is so fucking stupid. You had all these losers sitting around in a room waiting to get rich quick. And That's we, exactly what and it was. And I was like afterwards. looking at him and I was just like, are you serious? This, you guys are all here buying into this? Yeah. Uh, sure. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. And, and then we go to Denny's afterwards. Yeah, that was gay. <laughs> You want to get high? Denny's is always gay. Of course I want to get high. I always want to get high. Of course you do. All right. So if you got it, <sighs> fuckers, get ready. Exactly. Get ready. Smoke it up. Light it up. Spark it up. It's that time. Thunder. Thunder. Yes. Thunder. Thunder kicks. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking anyway. Sparky, what are you going to say when I put out my book? Because... I'm, I'm about to write one. I, well, uh, the one thing I didn't ask Lee was how long it took her to write her book. But maybe I'll ask her mother-in-law to publish, publish it for me. Because I'm thinking about writing a book about our story. I figure, actually, um, considering Mick and I each did a podcast with it, if I can get it uh, transcribed, which... Podbean will do for me for very little. Um, then I can kind of just, you know, change it around and go from there. Or I could sit down and just fucking write it. But um, anyway, that's a pain in the ass. So, yes, Wolfpack, Wolverine. <laughs> Eventually, I'll write a book in my spare time because, you know, I have so fucking much of that. It's all good. Huh? Yeah, you know, it's all good. I still gotta start my Poshmark, my Poshmark store in my spare time and sell all my fucking clothes. So. Yeah, that'll never happen. Yeah, well. Not the route you're going. Especially since you've now said that. Now that gives me motivation to tell you prove you wrong. What? Which is why you said it in the first place. Something like that. Yep. What's my book about then? It's our story. It's about um, kind of how <laughs> Nick and I got together, going through his brain surgery, um, transitioning out of the military into civilian life, dealing with the PTSD, eventually, you know, getting him around to. Uh, off the big pharma drugs and being all natural again. Yes, War Bride, exactly.
Enoch is looking for a Patriot publisher for his news blast. Can I find out if her mom would be interested? Absolutely. Neither do I, Cisco. I took all of our big pharma meds, which weren't even like big pharma meds, just like, um, you know, the whatever, Desalin and fucking Vicks and all that shit. When the FBI knocks on your door, what do we tell them? Nah, Nah, bear. Nah, bear. And I put all those in one of those tough storage boxes with like sunscreen and shit like that. And uh, it just sits there. (laughs) I hate throwing things out because I'm like, well, shit, in the end of the world, you know, maybe we're going to need this shit. No, we're not. But that's okay. Maybe someone will. Maybe somebody will. Somebody will. Somebody will need it. We'll give it to somebody. Exactly. Somebody will take the drug shit that they don't want. Yep. We'll sell it to somebody. I mean, there's bucks, like 20 bucks a pill. Neosporin and shit like that in there, too. I mean, there's some, you know, decent stuff in there. $200 a pill. Yeah, something like that. No, actually, dollars will be worthless. About a gram of gold per pill. Sure. Around two, two, three, five, five, six, nine mil. Yeah. Did have you did you see the video of the guy with his daughter? She can't be more than five or six and she's blindfolded and he's putting rounds in her hand as she's naming yeah. them off. Yep. And then that's not it, hard to do. at the end she takes a gun apart and puts it back together. Yep. She's like, I'm like, that's the way to raise a kid right there. How you teach shit. Yep. Um, but did you did have you guys been out yet and seen ammo prices? I mean, they've come to Nope, they started to come down. They've you, come down hey, since they you were want a to, dollar look, around. Hey, listen, you want to go get ammo, go start buying ammo. Before they won't let you anymore. No, 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 no. Start buying ammo because ammo prices are about to go through the effing ceiling. Uh, the Biden administration just passed this ridiculous law about uh, ammonium nitrate, which is what is used when we develop black powder. And uh, basically, he's kind of getting rid of it sort of in a really weird way. So, look, just um, take my word for this. Go buy ammo. If you haven't yet, start going to buy ammo. Please. Please. Pretty please. Hmm. For a friend. Okay. Just asking. All right. Um, Back to Maui a little bit. Here you go. Yeah, we got to finish that up. Yeah. We kind of got cut off. Everything that's happened over the last week in Maui, the death, the destruction, over a thousand people missing that the mainstream media is not reporting on. This is one of the most important messages that the governor and the mayor have for you. So the question is around public trust. Well, first and foremost, if you're relying on social media, doing reporting through social media is idiotic. Doing reporting in person is intelligent. And remember, these are the same people that told everybody to stay away from each other in person because of their last deep state psyop, which forced everybody to go online to talk about it. Don't use social media to judge these questions. You have people who are predators on social media. We know that for a fact. You have people who want to spread negativity. I and others give you raw data. 
on these on these crises. You can look here and see if you can trust me. You can look at this strong gentleman behind me as mayor and ask whether you trust him. The absolute nerve that these people have. Put away your cell phones and your tablets, says the mayor. Get off your phone. Get off your tablet. We will provide you with the information that you need to consume. I think you'll let me answer the questions, though. Listen to us and everyone else. Shut the hell up. America, this is the government that we allowed to get above us. Now it's time for we the people to take it back. Sounds familiar. Uh, it sounds just like uh, after in, what's her name in New Zealand. Remember uh, Jacinda Arden when she was like, um, you only get the truth from us about the COVID vaccines. Beep. That's the same shit I have said almost. I don't know how many times on this show. I know. I have no idea how many times it's about time, America, that we stop this shit. It's our rights. Who else is going to fight for us? What are you waiting for the Chinese to stand up? I, I really, I'll be standing up I, soon enough, but it won't be on our side. I am beginning to wonder what are we waiting on? Oh, and by the way, Hillside scratches out. Scratches out. Here, here's the here's the governor for you of, of Hawaii. Yeah, because that worth it. going to be a multi year recovery. It's going to take essentially years to rebuild Lahaina, which was destroyed. But we will build it back better and we'll build it back proudly. Build back better. Building back better. To build back better. We're going to build it back better. And build it back better. My plan to build back better. This is going to be a multi-year recovery. Mm -hmm. Build back better. Build back better. All right. So the conspiracy theory about the blue stuff, right? Play it. All right. We get it. You're going to screw it up. Let them explain it. Okay. Because Blue. that that yeah, but go back to that video, please. I'm sorry. There's oh. there's shit in that video. Hold on. Okay. So. Watch, okay. watch when this hits the blue and every time it transitions from the blue to the green, watch what happens to the video. Like this gray thing slides in the, what the fuck is that? Were they doing some funky camera shit there to make that laser not blue the burn the blue rag? I don't know. I, I'm just wondering. It, it seems odd. I, I gotcha. I that gotcha. seems like a real fishy video. 
Plus also all the celebrities painted their roofs that crazy blue color just before the fires. You know, bugs are attracted to to, to that color too, which uh -huh. is really weird. Yeah. That specific color. Yeah. Like we use it out here to yeah. uh, uh, we she tried it once with a clear jug and didn't we work. didn't catch anything these these little deer flies that we get out here and they're only around for like a month but they're, they're back horrible. out again now they're ridiculous they're horrible they'll bite the shit out of you anyway um this uh you put these blue jugs up and these damn things can't stay away from them they just go and they get stuck to them and they die and they really serve no purpose in the ecology whatsoever they're just annoying as all shit anyway uh but they're the same color blue and like we tried it once with a clear jug and we got nothing. We painted that clear jug blue and we got, had like a million on there in a day. Mm -hmm. It was ridiculous. Yep. Um, here we go. Okay. So people are very pissed off about Joe's visit to Hawaii. We were just mentioning the president and first lady are back on vacation at their short stop at wildfire devastated Maui. That's oh, after I promising the government will stay, quote, as oh long as it takes. Let me remind that. Like, what the fuck? Now Why we can't, can't hear, we hear it? it? So more on what we were just mentioning, the president and first lady are back on vacation at their short stop at wildfire devastated Maui. That's after promising the government will stay, quote, as long as it takes to help Maui recover. Alexandria Hoff is live in Washington with the latest for us. Alexandria? Angel Steve Brian, good morning to you. Yeah, clearly they're talking about the government's support, not their own physical presence, because the president and the first lady stayed on the island for about five hours, meeting while there with fire victims and emergency workers who are really facing a dire situation, who are struggling with the weight of all of this, because right now hundreds of search and rescue organizations are aiding in the grueling task of locating individuals. At least 800 are still missing, 114 people have been confirmed dead. Now, the president, in the speech he made while there, he promised to help Maui rebuild in the way that Maui wants to rebuild. He also made an effort to relate to those suffering. Listen to this. I don't want to compare difficulties, but we have a little sense, Jill and I, what it's like to lose a home. And lightning struck at home on a little lake. It's outside of our home, not a lake, a big pond. To make a long story short, I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, <laughs> and my cat. I mean, people like Corvettes and cats and all of that, but this lightning strike, it happened in 2004, and according to the Associated Press, it just led to a small kitchen fire that was under control in less than 20 minutes. So to many, it was not exactly a thoughtful comparison, especially now that the president is safely back under the roof of that $18 million Lake Tahoe mansion that his family, including his son Hunter, have been vacationing at. In fact, some Maui residents, they expressed anger during President Biden's visit there for his office's overall response. There were signs held up uh, reading, you are late and no comment. That second one there, calling back to what the president had initially said when asked about the fires while vacationing earlier this month at his Delaware beach home. Guys. Okay. He's back at Lake Tahoe. That was quick. Yeah. Thank you very much. Sure. Left to, does, does anyone, two vacations, went to Hawaii for a few hours, then went back to vacation. To does, vacation. Any, does anyone Tom's tell him house. That does anyone tell him that the stories aren't true and they're totally inappropriate? He continues to make everything about himself 
every devastation. It is insane. And the stories aren't, they're totally exaggerated. But like Afghanistan, he told the parents, I can relate to your story because I too lost my son, flag draped coffin, battlefield, which was not true. As you know, his, his son tragically died of cancer, completely right. different story. Then he goes to Hawaii, says, right. I know how you feel. We had a kitchen fire. Right. And, and then people a kitchen all fire. Are you crazy? Kitchen fire. Are you Put out in 20 minutes. And I almost the, lost my symmetry car. with a fire that w killed 100 people, where 800 people are still missing, is a little tone deaf. It, you would almost think it, the White House would have been better off had they not sent the president than actually sent him. Well, how do you? Now a lot of people are angry. To, Steve, I agree with you. And but how do you overcome two no comments? So you think, well, I'm going to send them there. Just and have then a comment. Have and, a, and then, a then what do you do? Comment. Then you have to show up. A thoughtful comment would be good. Uh, I mean, put it in the prompter, whatever it needs. Yeah. It. But He it, didn't show up for the train derailment, but that's a Republican area. East Palestine. And then he did show up in Hawaii. They voted for him there. Right. But then after several weeks or several weeks of saying no comment. I think the reason he wound up going to Hawaii. You, you know, I'm done yesterday. listening to this wind tunnel on the fucking couches. but. Um, Seriously, one of the things they're arguing about, which I, I think is kind of in a way fucking ridiculous, because, you know, folks, one of the things I said very early on after we got the disgusting news that Trump had the election stolen, um, one of the things I said very early on is, you know what, fuck it. Fine, they want, to, they want to steal it? Fine, take it. Guess what? You get to deal with all of this. Let me tell you something. I know there's patriots popping up all over the place, but Hawaii has been largely democratic for, or has been in blue control for its entire life. Mm -hmm. um, they vote blue. They vote blue for the president. They've never been red. Um, there's no part of Hawaii that's ever been read. And normally they're one of the first liberal cities to enact any stupid liberal policy that gets pushed down from the government. Mm -hmm. That being said, it's part of the reason like why Americans for some reason can't own firearms on Hawaii. Mm. Hmm. Weird. Um, or if you can, you got to pay this exorbitant fee and all this other bullshit and everything else, which is absolutely fucking ridiculous to me. But in a way, I kind of sit back and I say, you kind of voted for this. This is on you. Whether wow. the election was stolen or not, there should have been enough people in the last election to ensure that that didn't happen. But apparently there wasn't. Now they're pissed. And, and now what? We have to trust them and they're going to vote Trump's for what? Why do we have to trust you? Why? Because you got your ass chapped by fucking Biden after he lied to you. We told you he's going to lie to you. And now we're supposed to trust you just blindly because we have to. You see, there is an issue here. There is a there is a very dark moral issue here that we're going to have to figure out as patriots. And I don't know how to do it. I'll be the first one to tell you. I'll be just like the rest of you all fucking cock shaming all of those assholes when they walk out and they say, yeah, I voted for Biden. Yeah. Cause you're a fucking moron. I'll be right there with you. That is where our divide is going to erupt in this movement. Cause we're not going to be able to do that. And we want to, we want to sit there and say, bullshit. You voted for this cocksucker. 
you kind of, you're part of the problem. I'm glad you changed your ways, but I'm sorry. The reason we're here right now is because you cast that ballot last time. I read a story today about a family. <clears throat> Parents were at work when the fire started. Um, it was just the high school that started that day and got sent home. The elementary and middle school didn't start until, weren't supposed to start until the ninth. And so this kid was enjoying his last day of school at home. He was 12. It was Coyote or Coyoto. And when the fire started, the parents tried to go home to get him. And they were stopped at a police blockade. And they were told that that area had been cleared and there was no one there. And when they finally got back to their house, three days later, they found their child hugging the dog. Both of them burned alive. Yeah. That's the shit we're not going to hear about. I, I mean, but that was actually in a mainstream media newspaper article. I want to say it was the New York Post. Hmm. Well, maybe we'll hear it there. We'll hear it there before we hear it anywhere else. So whether or not they voted for Biden, no one deserves that. No, no, I, I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm just saying these terrible policies and everything else that everybody is being force fed right now is because of what happened in 2020. Mm -hmm. We, no matter what we do looking forward, we cannot forget what's already happened. I'm sorry. You, everybody likes to say, well, the line's drawn now. No, no, no. The line was drawn in 2020. When you went to the ballot box in 2020 and you voted, that's where the line was drawn. Because I'm sorry, we would not be, if, if Donald Trump, and I will give him this, if he were still in office today, we would not be in the position we are in right now. I don't even know if we'd have a pot. You know, I ask myself that every day. If Donald Trump had won in 2020, would we still have a podcast today? Probably not. Probably not. Because we would not be in the situation we're in right now. Mm -mm. Well, let me close out with this. I was going to close out with a, a, a last Maui clip, but since you're bringing that up, this is actually one of Trump's lawyers that got indicted and they... Oh, and really quick, tomorrow night, um, we are going to do the debate. The debate starts at 9 p.m. Okay, so okay. Are, are we going to get off and come mm -hmm. back on? I, I, that's what I'm thinking. We'll set up a second stream. All right. We'll get so off there and will come be back on. two shows tomorrow night. There's dueling shows because apparently Tucker is interviewing Trump at the same we time. We might watch both. So we'll, we'll stay on super late. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll watch the debate and then we'll we'll watch, watch Tucker. Trump and Tucker. Yeah. So we'll do, we'll, do, do, we'll do two shows tomorrow. So we'll do our regular podcast tomorrow from... 6 to 8:15 and then we'll come back on at like we'll do the, we'll do the debate live record Tucker and yeah. then we'll take Tucker and we'll do Tucker and Trump right after the debate. Yeah, well cuz it'll be out then we'll just download it yeah. cuz that's that's how that'll work. So, okay. Um all right. Well, this is what Trump's lawyer told the mainstream media today before we get out of here. Some of our exchange. Do you still think the election was stolen? Absolutely. Absolutely. Still. No question. No question in my mind. And you won't answer on immunity from prosecution. You won't answer that. Do you think that the others in this case have a standing on that? People like Meadows? Uh, no comment. 
Did they do a mugshot and everything inside? No comment. Thank you, sir. I asked him about the 2020 election. Why? So absolutely asked him, do you still think the election was stolen? Absolutely. absolutely. That was 100%. a man. He was not even, he was not fucking around. Mm -hmm. He was like, fuck you. Yep. Absolutely. You're damn right. Yep. I do. It was stolen. He's seen all the evidence. He's one of Trump's lawyers. So see, I, oh, I can't wait. This is going to be, so tomorrow we'll, it's gonna get we'll froggy. Get, look, I have so honestly right now, y'all, I have so much content that we haven't gotten to. Like we only got into the Maui fire folder today i've got the dawn of course you you didn't have you didn't tell me we, we weren't aware we, of lee we didn't know about lee literally until right before we started the show so um the bricks kicked off today the bricks <laughs> summit kicked off yes today. we're tracking all um, of this there's uh you, uh you know we talked a little bit about lockdowns coming back um more stuff coming out about hunter and joe and uh, masks, uh, <laughs> the vaccine, uh, more vaccine news, yep. the new Omicron, whatever, B6924.611124 variant is coming out, some other crap, mm -hmm. all sorts of other shit that you got to keep your head on a swivel these days. Daily Insanity, we're going to do them back to back. We're going to watch the debate and then we're going to watch Tucker and Trump because we want to see who the vice president's going to be. <laughs> and then we want to watch Tucker and Trump. We want to see what the president has to say. <laughs> anyway. So we're going to do them back to back. So yep. we'll be on for a while tomorrow night. So get ready, strap in. It'll be a fun night. Mm -hmm. We'll try and have some fun in between and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll enjoy we'll this. Take, basically, we'll take a 30 minute dinner break and then we'll come back on a second stream and do yeah. the rest of it. So anyway. All right. We got to get out of here. We do. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll be back tomorrow night, regular time, 545 for the pre-show, 6 p.m. for the start of the show. You can also check out the Love of Liliana tomorrow morning at 9.05. Great stream today. Madame, I was in there for a good part of it. Um, and uh, then, obviously, we come back 545, 6 p.m. for the regular show. Till then, for the mm -hmm. Mick. Lynn. Have a great night, fuckers. We'll see you later. Thanks for watching, y'all. Peace.
stuff in a whitey. I can show you if it's needed. When you see it, you'll believe it. If you don't love it, you can leave it. Michael Jackson, you can be F-A-F-O, I teach you how this game go. Different joints, same smoke. Wake up, wear the same clothes. Real redneck, I'm a piece of white trash. Blue collar boy, but my lady's high class. Got the music way up loud with a cigar in my mouth. Fuck around and come find out how we do it in the South. Ain't saying nothing, but you're running that mouth. I never take a hand out, I'm too damn proud. I'm a son of the dirty South with a truck seat high and he straight pipes loud. This land, land of freedom, double barrels in case we need. Man up, we'll sit your ass down. We done talking, fuck around and find out. Love my country, love my freedom, fuck the welfare now. Fuck around.